This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that won an Oscar last night. <laughs> Not really. Uh, another big three points gained with the win against Swansea on Saturday, with the minimum of fuss as Chelsea maintained the lead over our rivals. Uh, with 12 games remaining, the countdown to winning our sixth league title is beginning. Uh, amidst all of this, Conte is creating a blend of match winners such as Fabregas, Hazard, Costa and Pedro. But this Chelsea is also built on the indefatigable strengths of unsung heroes such as Kante, Aspilicueta, Alonso, Moses and Cahill. What a wonderful, happy feeling it is to watch football at the bridge again. And so much of that is down to Antonio Conte. Grazie mille, Don Conte. Now, I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is The Chelsea Fancast, The Return of the Mac. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, I'll let that sink yeah. in for those hard of thinking out there. Yeah. Now, on the show tonight, I've got, as always, my uh, my partner in crime, really, the uh, wonderful, mellifluously voiced Jonathan Kidd. Anyway, listen, I've also got with me the lovely, we've missed him actually, he's not been on the show for a while, but we've got the Tony Glover, who has faithfully promised me not to be a potty mouth tonight, <laughs> in lieu of all the complaints, and the, you... and, and the fact that I have separated the potty mouth Siamese twins, also known as Tony Glover and Alex You mean Churchill. my smut buddy? She's gone. I'm gutted. <laughs> I'm normally pretty buddy. good. I mean, you did, you, if you remember you. rightly, uh, my lovely iMac, my trusty iMac, packed up for the first time on the last call uh, in Jonathan Kidd style actually it, it disappeared right at the very <laughs> crucial moment um, and and when you it just wasn't you, working when you came you, back Tony, to me you caught me in a Tourette's moment okay so I shall do my best I to keep it under control <laughs> Yeah, clean yeah, your act yeah. up, son. And it was lovely to have you back, mate. And, and before before I introduce our lovely and third and most special guest, how's your ankle? Oh, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, I've got I've got Robin ankle, mate. Are you in Robin ankle? 
That's what I've got. Just keeps giving up mm. underneath me. So it doesn't. I'm, I'm on wobble boards now. Does does that mean it's Dutch? Does that? Yeah. Uh, does it mean it's Dutch oh, and it uh, moans a lot? Yeah, but it, it masks a massive talent. Oh, there you go. Oh, very good. And is it, presumably it's bald as well. Anyway, uh, we must move on. Otherwise, Tony and I will sit here cracking stupid inane gags for the rest of the evening. Now, last by no means uh, least, we've got uh, the welcome return of my old... Uh, the, the, the person that I knew who sat nearest to me at Stamford Bridge. There you go. And the, Joe is probably the only person that I would give for upstaging us by going on the Bloody London is Blue podcast yesterday. Joe, how are I'm you? I'm really mate? good, Chich. How are you? Well, I'm all right. I mean, you know, it was a bit, uh, you know, technology was getting the better for us again, but uh, we're all we're all good now. We're all here. Right, should we just crack on with the show then? Now, uh, what have we got coming up for you lovely people tonight? Well, uh, we will be asking, uh, with the timely return of cult hero Magalele on Saturday, I don't know why I, I, I felt compelled to say Magalele like that, but I did. Anyway, uh, he returned on, on Saturday, and how fitting it is that his obvious successor N'Golo Kante played such a blinder but is Kante better than Makaleli or are they just different uh, in part two we'll celebrate another important win uh, the return of Fabregas we'll applaud Costa and Pedro and we'll give some props to some unsung Chelsea heroes uh, in part three we will analyze the run-in and look at uh, potential banana skins or difficult games as we work out where we will find the 29 points that Antonio Conte believes we need to win the title. And talking of unsung heroes, we'll also um, have a look at why some of our most deserving players don't yet have a song. Alternatively, we shall call this section A Song for Dave. Uh, now, in part four, uh, we have an email from John Power. And uh, well, because we haven't had many emails this week, you naughty people, and yes, I will bear a grudge. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll hopefully open it up uh, for a bit of a QA. and a We've got a couple of questions already that have come in. Uh, so you lot on Mixler, at the appropriate juncture, uh, I shall say, can you give me some questions, please? And then we will ask them to, uh, to our, our wonderful panel. Now, talking to Mixler, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday, or as Martin Tyler would say, and it's live, live. Uh, at 7 o'clock by going to live, going to Mixler. Uh, which, of course, you can find at Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast. Uh, join in all the chat, um, make some new friends, uh, annoy some people, have a meltdown, do, do whatever you need to do, really. That's kind of why it's there. Uh, of course, you can always ch- uh, tweet me anytime you like, Chelsea Fancast, at Chelsea Fancast. And I will do my jolly best to ignore it, as I normally do. No, that's not true. I'm actually getting quite good at responding to people on Twitter. Anyway, enough of all that. We'll be back after this very short bit of celebration. Okay, so it was Chelsea. It was Chelsea Swansea uh, on Saturday at three o'clock. God's chosen time for kickoff and football, which I'm very pleased about. I have to say, though, I, I had a pretty busy day, so I couldn't get on the source as much as I normally would, much to my chagrin. But uh, um, we'll talk about the game and all the stuff that happened with it in part two. What I, what I really wanted to pick up on, um, and, I, and I think this is a is a theme that actually most people will utterly enjoy. 
Um, but I'll be honest with you, and I, I completely forgot about this. Um, of course, we all knew that Paul Clement was coming back as the manager of Swansea, former a former assistant to Carlo, of course. But of course, I forgot completely that uh, Makaleli Makaleli is his uh, assistant. <laughs> of course, it, it just it was too good, too good to be true. Because um, you know, if ever the baton, I think, if that role was passed. Uh, how fitting was it that McAuley was to see it? Because I thought the Kante twins. By the way, we should all all say now, the Kante twins copyright. Jonathan no, no, Kidd, I nicked it because he's the first person Kidd, that I, I know. It from Leicester. Oh, did you nick it? Who did you nick it off? Leicester. Did you nick it off? They called him the Kante twins. Is it all right? I just thought it was okay. completely fitting. Though. All right. Nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah, it's bloody good, isn't it? Anyway, the bottom line is, how fitting was it that that, that McAuley was there to see what I think is the passing of the baton to Kante, who just every game he plays for Chelsea just never fails to astound me with, with his unbelievable sequence of tackles, ability to win the ball back. I mean, there's that wonderful sequence, I'm sure you've all seen it, that's been kicking around on Twitter of uh, that 24-second sequence where he basically won the ball back four times, covering a, uh, about 75 yard, uh, metres or whatever it is in the process. Quite, Jonathan, I mean, I, I, you know, I, let, I, I had a bit of a, a football gasm at that moment, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I sort of didn't spot it, really, because I'm so used to him being uh, phenomenal. I mean, and we've discussed players of the year, haven't we, over the last few weeks, and saying, oh, it must be Pedro, it must be, oh, it must be, who must it, it must be uh, um, Costa, surely, early on. And, and then you analyse it and you think, well, actually, he's been consistently phenomenal all season. And uh, I think he's been the difference between um, a title winning side and somebody who might just we might draw a few games. I think that, as you say, Chidge, that 24 second clip was, was uh, people haven't seen it. It's, it's, it's all over Twitter. It's just completely remarkable. Um, the number of tackles he gets, but his, his speed and his timing is actually it's it's. It's similar to Makaleli, isn't it? But uh, um, I think he's better than Makaleli because I think his distribution is better. That, the one thing they are completely equal on, of course, is their inability to shoot, which uh, um, even... Oh, 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 not so sure about that. Well, I think, what on. about that volley he had where he just laid back and it went, he went over the bar? And what about the fact that... Uh, He's uh, yeah. he's not he, he's not you know he's not going to score many goals. All right, he scored one already, hasn't he? Which was decent. But I don't think he's not a goal scorer. If he could, what well, beautiful he, goal against true, United! If he could add that more to his armoury, he'd be he'd be completely brilliant. I mean, he's brilliant anyway. It's brilliant. But I you know that twenty-four second is just yeah. is remarkable. But it was if that was happening it's so amazing, often in the game on Saturday that you just accepted it. You just he's going to provide that, isn't he? And then occasionally he gets the ball and the referee f- uh, blows up for a foul. And I don't understand why it's a foul. He hasn't, he hasn't done the kind of Makaleli prize yeah. the ball off the bloke that Makaleli used to do. He just gets his foot in. He's, got, he's almost got Denver Bar type legs, hasn't he? He's got these, these, these large pin- pincers. He, he's like rubber yeah, man, isn't he? Is, he is. A, you know, it's, just, it's just amazing. I mean, it's, do you know what, mate? I'll, 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 I mean, apart, apart from the fact that I clearly had a football gasm watching it, I actually laughed. When he kept yeah, winning yeah, the ball yeah, back, yeah. it was—I no, I just know, laughed, I know, mate. It was just—it was I know. silly. The, the laughter stuff is something that occasionally I try and explain to people. I, I laughed when Drogba was about to take the penalty in the Champions League final because I just thought this is becoming. Yeah, did you, I did because I thought yes. he's going to win it. I can't believe this. Was that? <laughs> it's that kind of thing where you go, you go, <laughs> look what he's done. He's won the ball back nine times in a row. <laughs> it's that, you know. It it's just mad. mad, isn't it? Anyway, Tony, I mean, you, I, I'm sure you'd probably back up everything that uh, 
that, that Jonathan said. Apart from, I, I do take issue with the fact that, you know, I think Kante does get forward a lot better than McAuley ever did. And that, that goal he scored against United was a peach. And he, he's, laid, he's laid off a few pretty pretty decent shots on target, as well as the one that went into oh, Rose. I totally end. agree. Uh, I think he's he's uh, he's McAuley with a shot of Red X in it, which is one for the teenagers there. Um, I, I, I don't what, get that what is one. Red X? I don't get that. Red X. Remember, remember when you used to pull into the petrol station oh, and your oil. dad would, Sorry, yeah, 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 your dad would look at it and go put a shot of Red X in it, and you could yeah, it just yeah. pump a load of smoke out the back and get about an extra yeah. two mile an hour out of your Austin yeah, eleven hundred. Yeah, I remember now. You know, um, and I'm not comparing Macaulay to an Austin eleven hundred. Good God, no. Um, he, you know, I, I, I think Kante's got extra. Um, he, he's Macaulay plus. You'd, uh, the branding people would have a, a great big plus sign after him or the word Makaleli Max or something. Um, he is that Two good. Stroke. Yeah, uh, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Uh, and um, I, I looked at I've done a little bit of looking about because, of course, Makaleli, it's, you know, it's not a moot point that we've never really replaced him. Um, but I do want to just quote um, Zinedine Zidane, who said this about Makaleli and I think the same thing would apply should we ever be stupid enough to let him go which is um, when Real Madrid brought in David Beckham and decided they weren't going to give Makaleli his pay rise Zinedine Zidane quoted something along the lines of why put another uh, uh, layer of gold paint on the Bentley if you're just losing the engine and to me <laughs> it is really what well, yeah wow. I mean and there's a man who knows a bit of two, a thing or two about football and I just think when you look at Kante um, I'm trying to imagine. I, I can't remember a midfield that was so busy from a Chelsea's perspective since we had Balak standing in the middle of it, kind of acting like some Praetorian guard over the whole <laughs> area of that field. Yeah. And, and then this guy is completely different to Balak, of course. But, you know, whereas I've got Balak as his statue, as his rock commanding figure, just intelligently knowing where to be, how to break things up and all this. McAuley was a similar sort of thing, but on a smaller version. And, and McAuley, let's face it, made the ugly side of the game beautiful. That's, that's my view of it. You know, I'm, I'm no fan of ticky-tacky rubbish, you know, let's pass it around, let's do Arsenal stuff all the time. The ugly side of the game, the breaking up of the game, the spoiler tactics, all that sort of stuff is an essential part of, of a winning side. Ferguson knew it, Mourinho knew it, uh, and I think Kante's fantastic at that, but you're right, he is good at getting forward. I mean, you know, any other day, he had a bit of a sand wedge tied to his foot, didn't he, when he pushed that one over the bar from Hazard's luscious back pass to him or whatever. Um but on another day, that's in the back of the net. And you're thinking, crikey, this bloke's almost the complete footballer. I can't say any higher than that. But at the moment, in a very, very tight player of the season race, he's probably edging it. Yeah, he is for me. Well, that's that's an interesting point. Uh, hang on, Jonathan. Hang on, hang on. I, I think that's an interesting point because I was going to pick up on that. I was going to ask Joe exactly that. But I, before I do, Joe, um, it's really interesting, actually, because I, I caught a bit of the uh, talk sport... Um, press show last night for my sins as I was writing the script and uh, it was really interesting of course because Kante's name came up um, bizarrely actually I think it was the, it was the trailer into the show and it was, it was Adrian Durham of all people that was saying that he felt that Kante's got to be a contender for player of the season this year and uh, that uh, uh, horrible chap Sean Custis who I'm not a massive fan of at all um was basically, you know, playing out the usual kind of nonsense that, well, of course he can't be because he's, uh, you know, he's, um, 
he, you know, he's not a goal-scoring forward or, or creative midfielder and all of that kind of rubbish. But, I mean, the bottom line is, is that Kante, I mean, I, I don't know what you think about this, Joe, but, and I think also because of the, the, the contrast with Leicester, I mean, it, I feel that, that Kante has made a ma- such a massive difference to Chelsea this season. And you contrast that with Leicester and where they are. Maybe, maybe he is that integral to how well we're playing and making it all tick. What do you think? Oh, Jack? definitely, yeah. I mean, I think the thing that really stands out about him as a player is, I mean, I could probably count on the, on two hands the number of, of slide tackles he's made all season. And you think that he is meant to be this sort of ball-winning midfielder, but his positional play and the fact that he can just, he just seems to sort of fluidly and effortlessly take the ball off people like it's, you know, he's playing with sort of under 10s at times, which I think is absolutely fascinating that, Someone in that position rarely, you know, he comes off the pitches, his shorts are clean, his socks are clean because he's just so he's just so in tune with with the flow of the game. Um, I mean, for me personally, Mark, he's he's definitely my my player of the season as things stand in terms of sort of the wider um, Premier League. There seems to be this campaign for Zlatan Ibrahimovic to get it, despite United being what fifth or sixth, which I find quite quite absurd. But yeah, I mean, Kante definitely for me. Um, you know, I think just a combination of his positional play. Um, you know, he wins the ball back, you know, eight, nine, ten games, you know, ten times a game. And that's just, if you look at other players who are meant to do similar jobs in Europe, I mean, it's it's ridiculous that he's almost doing twice as much work in every single game. Um, you know, he he sets counter attacks. He's and it's, I suppose the the thing that really probably sets him apart from Makaleli is that he's he's a lot more athletic. I think Makaleli was fantastic at reading the game, but Kante, pure sort of, you know, if you if you were to put him in a hundred meter race, I think Kante would would win by, you know, 20 metres or 30 metres. He's so athletic and he can cover so much ground. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's clearly, for me, personally anyway, the, the player that I think should, should, should win our player of the season. And probably, you know, if you were looking at it sensibly from a Premier League perspective, you know, he's been the key um, piece, particularly for like, what was it, 30, 32 million pounds? I mean, you look at it, the rest of the transfers in Europe at the time, you had you know, kind of factor that in the well. It's an absolute steal, and I think he's been a real, real catalyst in terms of driving us from. You know, we were tenth last season. You know, driving us from that position up the table. It's it's no real coincidence that, that he's come in. The midfield looks a lot more solid. Um, you know, and he's, he gives people freedom to play. You know, you look at everyone ahead of the ball now. They can try things because most likely, if someone's running back, Kante will probably have three or four goes at trying to win the ball back from them. So, I think it definitely affects the mentality of the team as well. But yeah, just just you know, I think he's a, a really fantastic player and probably you know, should 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 definitely be in the conversation for player. Of the year. I don't agree that because he's a midfielder or a holding midfielder um, that he shouldn't be in it because he's not scoring you know 15, 20 goals a season. If he did, he'd probably be a two hundred million pound player. So you know, it's it, you can't have everything. Mm. No, I, I agree with every word of that. I mean, Jonathan, is it, is it player of the year for you? I just think so he should, if he was taking part in part in a hundred meters with you, he'd win. Win by ninety-five meters, wouldn't he? Really? <laughs> no, he, no, 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 no. He'd win by one hundred and ten. <laughs> You'd run the other way. You, 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 what would you do? You would probably would. <laughs> no, I'm not stupid. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what, Jonathan? Before you before you answer the question about Player of the Year, do you know what I like? Uh, and this is to all of you, really. You know, one of the things I love most about him is the way the way that he wins the ball back he he nicks yep. it from people and and he 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 wins the ball back invariably without fouling somebody and normally you get midfielders who half the time to get the ball back they're going to end up fouling the guy but he doesn't he just he steals it from them it's in, it's insane well, anyway Jonathan back back so to where cool. we were 
Player so of the year quick. for you? Well, um, I, I keep shift. I shift every yeah. week, don't I? Depending on who plays well every week, because they're all they're all playing so well. You know, I was I was uh, I'm saying Pedro should be player of the year because of his improvement a few weeks ago after because he only scores great goals. I mean, he even scored a you know it was a pretty speculative goal. It was still it was still swerving and dipped in front of the goalkeeper, even though it was a goalkeeper's error. Um, so um, and at the other unsung hero, of course, is Dave, who's been completely phenomenal. So yeah. you know, I. I but yeah, for, for on his display, yes, yes, on um, Saturday, yeah, player. Well, we're talking about Chelsea Player of the Year rather than uh, um, than uh, Football of the Year, aren't we? So, uh, um, you know, I, well, it could be. It could, yeah, well, you, you know, I don't. Dave's not going to get anywhere near Player. Either, either is neither is Pedro. And they were all talking about Hazard being uh, a potential Football of the Year, but he's he's come off the boil as has as has Costa. But the fact that we're still winning easily with both of them not playing to 100% oh, is, is really I, interesting. I, but, I, I, dis- I disagree with that Hazard comment, I'm afraid. I don't think he's come off the boil at all. No, no. Ta- statistically, he's come off the boil completely, Tony. He's hardly involved. He's not been involved. The Wolves game didn't take anybody on. He's flicked the ball backwards and forwards. Whether he'd done that deliberately, I don't know. No, they, 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 the last five games, he's not been involved anywhere near as much as he has mm. been in the past. Um, that that was that was a given. That was all over Twitter. I didn't did you not see that? That was. Um, I, I, uh, I I work with stats, so I just don't believe half of them, and I just think that's not always, you know. Well, I, no, but I, also, but what from watching him, he's not been in his vault. No, no, I, well, I, 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 I disagree. I thought on he's Saturday, Hazard was excellent. He's not he's not taking players on. He's not just in the same way. I mean, no, he did I, towards I, the end. He did. But we must I, have been I, different games Saturday, Jonathan, because I thought he was very. I won't very ever good. have that. Sorry, Tony. I always watch a, the same game as everybody else. Sorry, I'm not. I know I've got a butler. I know I've got a butler. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're. I'm sorry, mate. I know I've got. That's quality. That is quality. I know that. I know that I'm sneaking off for a for a a quick quick lie down and a read of the paper, and my butler tells me all about the game. And I know I have a. I know I have not even a prawn sandwich. I know lobster sandwich, but I do ultimately watch the same game as everybody else. Anyway, but yes, yes. But uh, uh, well, let's 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 agree to disagree over that one. But let's get back to the, the star of the moment. Is yes, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal performance on Saturday from Cante. As, and, uh, and I'll just keep on getting to that. Clip. All right, just absolutely remarkable that clip was as well. It it was indeed. Um, I'm not going to get into Hazard and 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 stoke the the fire the the, the fuel of the fire of that argument. Uh, but uh, I I will say that you know I think a you know I will be disappointed if if Kante and by the way for all the retarded commentators out there it's Kante, not Conte, and not even the other version of that which I have heard cooler bizarrely enough. But if he's if if that's it, yeah. If he's if he's not in the shake-up for the main, you know, player of the season, you know, the football writers and all that jazz, then I'll be disappointed. And if, and, 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 frankly, I, I I will vote for him as as player of the year. I think he's made the the biggest difference. He really is. And I, and I and I say I'll say something else. I think he's better than Makélélé. That's how good I think he Jeez. is. Anyway. Uh, right, OK. Um, after this very small break, we will celebrate another important win, uh, the return of Fabregas, applaud Costa and Pedro and give props to some unsung Chelsea heroes. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys 
on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Well, there we go. I, I feel like doing my welcome, welcome back to uh, the Chelsea fancast. Um, we've got uh, Jonathan Kidd and Tony Glover and uh, the ever so wonderful Joe Tweeds. But uh, most of all, the return of the Mac being murdered by Jonathan King. King? Jonathan Freudian slip. Jonathan Kidd voicing over it. Enough! I did. I just called him Jonathan King. Jonathan, shut up! Thank you. That's enough of that. Anyway, oh, dearie me. You just know it's going to be one of those nights. Anyway, uh, listen, I'm, I am Sanford Chidge, of course, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, not some kind of awful, hackneyed, uh, uh, you know, smashy and nicey pop show. Anyway, um, right, with me is, of course, the aforementioned mad lunatic that is Jonathan I'd like to apologise to Joe to what he's let himself in for coming into this. <laughs> I know, he's used to it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, you, you don't get this kind of chaos on London is Blue. I, I really do think, Jonathan, one week, actually, we, we should really try hard and we should we should do the Chelsea fancast in the style of London is Blue pod, which means we have to adopt our bestest. We could listen to it and then we, you and I are quite good mimics. I reckon we could carry yes, it on. okay. You know, you're, list, you, you're listening to London is Blue Come on, you blues. I mean, we could do it. I reckon we could. Can do I just be a very? Can I be a very deep guy? Of, uh, can I play very deep American guy? Is that okay? I think that that. I think that, that Joe will remind me, but I think that that's Nick. Okay. Nick Villaney's the. Yeah, Nick. Nick has the. Uh, Nick has a deep voice. Isn't that right, Joe? I think Brandon Nick, is the, the main host. Hey, can, Chip, yeah, so can you, I play the other guy as well? Brand, Brandon's all a bit like this. He's kind of a bit is he more. A you know, is he there? Is he a bit you know, New York? Is it old? He's a bit like that, but he's a great okay. guy, you know. He's, he's he's he knows the super chels very well. That that's Brandon, isn't it? And you of course you you've done a ringer for Nick. Well, that went down there, there. That guy. Anyway, should we get on with Is the that show? Guy? Is that him there? Okay. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. It's all a bit like Bob Budker, and uh, you know, I I, I I like watching the Chelsea <laughs> on a Saturday. You know, it's it's I have to get up really early, but you know, it's worth it. Anyway, so uh, Jonathan, you know, we've got Jonathan. Uh, we've got the wonderful Reverend Tony Good Glover. Evening. I can't do accents. Don't ask me to. And of course, we have. No, okay. You can just. Tony is himself. Uh, and uh, Joe Tweed, the legend that is Joe Tweed, a great buddy of mine. He used to sit not four seats away from me, and uh, he, he enjoyed the experience so much he left the country. <laughs> Prime reason for leaving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. And uh, we're getting some great feedback. We're getting some great feedback on Mixler. Bonnie Rig Blue says they've lost it. <laughs> Wise words indeed. Wise words indeed. I think we probably have. Um, and none of this is going to get edited out because I can't give a shit tonight. Anyway, right, let's get on with the football. Um, I think the main thing really about the whole game entirely, um, I, 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 you know, it's getting a bit, you know, it's, it's tense now because we know what's coming ahead. But it was another big win, I thought. And actually, to be fair, I thought we controlled most of the game. I thought we had the best chances, as uh, Paul Clement was uh, honest enough to admit. Uh, I thought we thoroughly deserved to win um, because we were in control. I mean, it was just very—it was a very frustrating goal and a very frustrating time to concede it. But I have to say, uh, decent header by Lorente, wasn't it, Joe? Yeah, I mean, frustrating. I think that passage of play that I think Jonathan was referring to earlier, where Kante actually won the ball fairly and the referee somehow made it a free kick. Yeah, that was the sort of free kick that led to a goal. I mean, I kind of take that from you know, take that aside. I mean, Lorente being marked by 
you know, Moses or, or whoever really was sort of meant to pick it up. I'm not sure really if we're kind of that well organised on some of these set pieces. Teams too that sort of seem to be targeting that kind of Azpilicueta, Moses, right-hand side, because obviously neither of them are sort of six foot three like Cahill and, and Luis. Um, good header, good finish. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to hit that right on half-time, I thought, you know, if you, you actually watched the game, then you maybe looked at the social media thing, you thought we probably would have been about 7-0 down, given some of the reactions I was seeing. But I thought we were, we, yeah, oh, well, I thought we were, we were really, really in control, you know, looking, you know, towards the second half as well. Yeah. It could have been 6-7-1, and I don't think anyone really would have had too many complaints. I thought we were pretty much in control. Throughout the you know throughout the entire ninety minutes, I, I agree, mate. I thought we were, we were tearing him a new one. Actually, we were creating chances at will. I mean, we'll talk about him in a minute. But Fabregas was running riot, really. Um, I think that's a really good point you make about. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you see it live and you only see it once, it's hard to kind of uh, point the finger at whoever was responsible. But um, for me, you know, it was Moses. Moses basically just stood there and, and let Lorente run behind him, so he didn't do a very good defensive job. But you know what? He's not a defender. Oh, well, there we go. Um, but um, one, one of the things I would mention, um, I, actually, I suspect, actually, uh, Tony was probably... At the, the, were, you, were you in the shed or, or the Matthew, Matthew Harding? Matthew Harding, Saturday? Yeah, Matthew Tony. Harding, mate. Right, OK. Well, hold your powder for a second, because I'll ask Jonathan, because he would have probably had a very, 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 very good view, I suspect, of whether or not it was a handball by Can, you, can I just, just bring you back a second to, to, the, to the goal? Is that, is that OK? Just wanted well, to make a must. point, which was that well, it was about, the fact, nicely, it was so about the fact that he played about two minutes over um, uh, the referee. <laughs> and, um, oh, and God, what they yeah, do yeah, do yeah, very interestingly, which really pisses me off, is that they're very loath to ever ever blow the whistle unless the ball goes dead. And they and, and and I find that a completely bizarre thing. They don't need to. They can blow the whistle when the when the the, the it's not the, bloody the, rugby, absolutely is it? when the time is up. And he. He almost. I, I was. I, I don't like him as a referee. What's his name? Um, um, can't remember. Who it was. Yeah, Swarbrick. yeah. Because he, he comes across as like most of them do. He's, he's very cocky. He's very. He's very. He always shakes his head and smiles whenever he's made a decision. He thinks is ridiculous. When you see it back afterwards, when when the players think it's ridiculous. If he was chocolate, he'd he lick does, himself. He does. And he he a minute and a half had already elapsed. I know it's the referees up to the referee to make. You know, it's all his time and whatever. But. Um, I could see him almost thinking, let's see what happens if we have a free kick now. Now, he should actually, could easily have just blown up and the ball was in midair. You're allowed to do that. But they really do like the ball to, to guard a play or do something or even be kicked um, by the goalkeeper. It's something weird in their psyche. I don't understand it. And I think the players were very, very attuned to thinking, actually, we've gone, you know, two minutes over, two and a half minutes over and just lost concentration completely from that free kick. And I think I agree completely with with uh, with, well, with you with the fact that Moses isn't a he isn't a, a centre half. But you have I really think the positives having Moses playing wing back are so excessive in comparison with having a defender because we just go back to the Ivanovic situation, don't we? Where where Ivanovic is a great defender and could never yeah. cross the ball properly, even and he was a great player, but he wasn't an attacker. Whereas Moses fulfilled everything in the three four three. In that he's, he's I mean, he's, he's not been as consistent recently. He's been hitting the, the first man a lot recently more, but he's still uh, likely to pull something out of the bag um, uh, immediately because he's a very good attacker. And once again, he's a player who's completely come on leaps and bounds this year. As so, as we've talked about, 
Yeah, you know what? I don't. I don't think you can just blame one no, guy no, for no. it. To be honest, I think no, it was a collective, collective bad collective defending, thing, wasn't it? Really, and a and a bloody yeah, good exactly, header, Jonathan. Exactly. Bloody well, good header too, to show, doesn't it? That look, we were, you know, we yeah. were linked to Lorente, and Lorente is a very good player. I mean, I was so impressed with his uh, forward play. He holds the ball up beautifully. Um, very intelligent forward, you know. And I, if they, if if uh, I don't think Swansea would get rid of them, that, rid of him now. But I think if they'd gone down, he'd be somebody that we'd have leapt in for because he's also part of Conte's Italian side, and he's. I'm, I'm convinced he'll buy several players from who, who've been uh, playing for in Italy for him because he he's used them. So was it but, a penalty, uh, back, mate? Because you had the best no, view. For me, it wasn't. The ball was flicked up. He's about half an inch away okay. from him, and it's ridiculous. And they've done that stupid thing of slowing the bloody thing down again. And of course, it looks as if he's juggling the bloody mm. ball. But in this instance, he didn't. Con- he didn't put his hand out to control it. The ball's kicked against his hand. I, you know, but it's anything to try and undermine. Uh, although Chelsea were very lucky there, weren't they? Oh dear, undermines us as a team. No, it wasn't a penalty. Ridiculous. Mm. Do you know what though? I'll be. I'll be honest with you, mate. I can't remember who the two people on match of the day were, but Jermaine Jenner said it was definitely not. Oh, yes, he did. That's true. Ball to hand, not hand to ball. Yes, he stood up for it. It was what's his face. Who Shearer, was it? Shearer. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you know. But to be fair, Shearer. What they, a surprise, they Tony. Were very, very praiseworthy of all of us. I mean, they're entire, I, My opinion is, is that had that happened to us, and that had been another player, I'd have been shouting for a penalty. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah I mean, we all would, go. wouldn't we? If it had been the, if it'd been the ball, could... I was about to say if the ball was on the other yeah. foot or well, the I would, hand, I would, the point hand, I then uh, I'd have I, had I, my I, referee's hat on, and I wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, moving on, game, uh, Tony. Uh, well, actually, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, Joe. I'm going to ask you this, uh, Fabregas. <laughs> I mean, before when I did the the show with Kerry. Um, you know, we were we were wondering if he, if if he would even start and be able to make his three hundredth uh, Premier League appearance, which of course is a record for a Spaniard. I mean, not, not only did he start, but I mean, you know, uh, much as I've bigged up Kante earlier on, I mean, Fabregas I think had a superb match, uh, a magic performance, you could say. Yeah, I, I thought he was he was fantastic actually, and you know, sort of slightly tongue in cheek that there's there's been this sort of notion around Fabregas's career that he kind of fades in the second half of the season. Maybe Conte is uh, is being a little bit cheeky and not playing in the first half, so he kind of gets that that sort of Fabregas bounce, you know, sort of for the, the latter part of the season. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I look at him in, in particularly in these sorts of games um, against these, you know, this kind of level of opponent. And for me, when we're playing teams of this stature, I think he should start every single game. Um, you know, he's his passing, his creativity. You know, I think he created. I, I think I saw he created over 10, 10, 13 chances or something like that during the game. Um, which is just, you know, astounding, really, when you think of that. And I'd also really, really like that stat, comparing him with, with Mesa Ozil. I think he's played something like 1,300 less minutes, and he's done more in that period of time, more more goals, more assists than, than Mesa Ozil. So, you know, he's he's had a really massive impact off the bench this season in a different role. I think probably the biggest credit to him is just how professional he's been about it. You know, you can kind of see, you know, if you follow him on Instagram or, or any kind of social media device, he, he always seems to be really happy and content and, I think he's he's probably made more of a, a telling contribution this season than, you know, in terms of coming in and actually properly deciding some of these tight games and than I can remember him doing for us previously. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really really wonderful performance and I'm probably unlucky not to get you know at least a, a brace, possibly a hat trick as well. So yeah, great performance and nice to see him playing with Kante and having a bit more of a, a forward thrust. Um, you know, sort of during the game, the goal was kind of very Lampard-esque, which I thought was quite interesting, given obviously Frank was the half-time guest. 
that late arrival into the penalty area. Mm. Um, I actually felt that, that he, he miscontrolled the ball. So he kind of almost overran the ball. But then the, the kind of little stabbing kind of finish that he did with the outside of his foot um, was, was just ridiculous how he kind of then sort of poked it really quickly into the goal. So, yeah, just a, a really, really wonderful performance with him. And I, I can see him being quite valuable now as we sort of look to close, you know, close the title up. Because there are a lot of teams who are going to, going to be compressed, going to defend, going to sit deep against us. And, you know, no no disrespect to Matic, but in those sorts of games, I would much rather see Fabregas in the final third than probably any midfielder we've got at the club. So, yeah, wonderful performance and hopefully you can carry that forward. How, sim- how, how Interestingly, how Matic came on and played excellently for the last yep. 15 minutes. So it's almost as if the competition for places, it means they're all going to have a go, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, just just to add to what Jonathan said, though, I, I really think that this kind of three-five-two that he's he's kind of switched to a couple of times in games where he has yeah. Kante, Fabrice, and Matic. I think that's going to be our European shape next season. Um, I think sometimes, particularly when I look at, look back at the Spurs game and how they kind of really overran the midfield, I think if you put an extra body in there, um, maybe take off one of the, the wingers. You know, you can still be a, a very creative and very attack-minded, but I think we we look. As soon as sort of Matic came on, we just looked completely in control of the game. I don't think really once he came on that they actually looked like strong at all. But it's definitely something to, you know to keep an eye on, particularly when people start talking about potential players we might buy in the summer. And I think that there's uh, there's going to be a real kind of different sort of systems of stuff that we'll play next season. But I really like this sort of three-five-two shape because I think it, it gives Fabregas two people either side of him, and you can kind of put him in that sort of Andrea Perlo role where he plays the quarterback and he's passing the ball and spraying the passes. And you don't lose any real physicality because you've got Matic and, and Kante there. So, yeah, yeah, it could be something that we might see against Manchester City, maybe from the off, you know, when we play in the league. So, definitely something to keep an eye on. So, I thought Fabregas had a, a, a great game. And I kind of reevaluated it afterwards. I was struggling with sort of man of the match of Kante. And then I thought Pedro deserves it because he's been quite a revelation this season from yeah. last season when I thought he was possibly the second worst player I'd ever seen wearing a Chelsea <laughs> shirt behind Juan Cuadrado who comedy Pedro yeah who's actually lighting up uh, Juventus by all accounts and uh, um, you know so maybe Conte could have made something out of him but Pedro had a, a cracking game I mean he was in absolutely everything you know really sparky little performance but when I look, got back I, I watched the game again when I got back because I'm quite sad like that um, <laughs> And you could see Fabregas. And, and I, it, someone made the point there that, you know, Lampard, uh, Frankie Lampard came on at half time. And I thought Fabregas' performance was very Frank Lampard. Like it was almost yeah. box to box. Uh, and he was pushing forward. I mean, he was desperately unlucky not to get uh, at least another one goal when it, it, yeah. he, he struck it off the bar. Possibly could have had a third as well. I think he, he kind of ballooned one at the, at the end um, uh, as well. But I think overall... I'm with you, Joe. I think he he comes on he comes into his own on some of these performances. These kind of um, if you've got the choice between that kind of midfield uh, uh, with with either Matic or Fabregas or both, depending on which stage of the game you're at, um, you know it's a touch of the old why ambassador you spoil us. Um, yeah, it, it really is, and it's it's a great great thing to see. Can when you compare where we were, I'm going to keep doing it, but when you compare where we were last season with a general sort of malaise of when we went down the pub, yeah, I'm expecting we'll lose this game, etc. This one's different. Um, I just want to say one more thing as well. Um, I thought that Swansea were just about the most negative I've ever seen at Stamford Bridge. I can't think of Courtois having really very much to do. Um, it looked to me 
like it was pretty much everyone behind the ball. And if they'd have got a nil-nil or even to them a 1-1, I think they would have been absolutely overjoyed at that. I saw no ambition from them whatsoever. Well, that, that's how they were set up, though. Uh, yeah. Entirely what it was about. And I have to say, I think that he's done really well, Clement, because they weren't a bad side last year and they were in complete disarray this season. Oh, yeah. He's, he's really organised them. They'll stay up. They'll actually give, for me, they'll give uh, every top six team they play from now on They'll give them a very hard time. And I reckon some people will come unstuck playing against them because uh, they're very well organised. But, oh, yeah, completely. They, they, they were there entirely for that. You know, and in, in, he, was, he actually achieved by half time. He'd achieved what he wanted. That was 1-1. And then he, it, due to Fabregas's excellence um, uh, and Pedro's excellence, we, we ended up um, um, leaping ahead of them, you know, and, and bossing them completely. But they were, they were set up for that from the very beginning. But um, no, it's interesting, Joe, you're talking about um, him being a quarterback, which is entirely the, the image that I've got from looking mm. at the gas. It's his ability to, to play these pinpoint passes from uh, 30 to 40 to 50 yards um, into, the, in, into the hole is just uh, where, particularly where, where Costa is, I think is a, um, is a great gift. And, uh, and he exhibited it wonderfully on Saturday. And what's lovely as well is that Tony, you talking about last year, last year um, when he last year obviously uh, um, he, he was he was very vulnerable to being bypassed all the time um, uh, when he was trying to play the creative role because Matic was all over the place. Whereas because because now Kante is is so strong, he's got the protection. And as you say, if you play five with with Matic and Kante, he's in a position to completely dominate a game. Um, as in that kind of quarterback role, just playing the ball wherever he mm. wants, as you say, furlough like you know. So uh, it's um, it's uh, it, it's a it's a remarkable uh, um, it, it's the the opportunities now for him, um, given given the brilliance of the manager, I think are are coming more and more to the fore. Actually, I think the the real interesting thing for me, going to sort of what Tony said, if you actually look at last season, I think teams of Swansea's level, particularly sort of you know once teams realised we weren't actually that great last season. They were coming to Stamford Bridge and actually attacking us. I mean, I remember the Bournemouth game where they smashed us. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen a team of, of Bournemouth's level come to Stamford Bridge and actually think, Do you know what, we can beat Chelsea. And I think what we're seeing this season, particularly when you look at the Swansea game, is that realisation that Stamford Bridge is becoming a bit more of a fortress, that yeah, teams yeah. are coming here and just seeing, OK, yeah, you know yeah. what, if we attack them, then they're going to counter-attack us and score Absolutely. four or five goals. If, if we sit back, we've got a chance. So, Massive, massive change in mentality of teams are coming here because, yeah, as I said last season, you know, even very, very middling teams that you would expect us to beat quite comfortably were coming to Stamford Bridge and, and, and you know, really going gung-ho against us and thinking that they could get some, not just get a point, but actually beat us. So, and in many instances, many instances, of course, they did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those lights and they were right. Yeah. Talking of which, Costa, a beautiful segue, Jonathan. Uh, normal service with Costa has been resumed, I think. What a fantastic goal that was. Proper, proper Costa goal, I think. Hmm. Yes, it was. Anyone yeah. can answer it, but Jonathan Thank you. preferably. He, brilliant, completely brilliant. But, uh, but you know, Hazard back, back to his best, despite not having been back to his best for the past five games, Tony. So, um, <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> is that... We're not so the, the rut begins again. <laughs> backtrack. Yeah, backtrack. Don't You're not really yeah. mean. But no, it was. But a, I, love look, it fact, was a, I love the fact. It was a lovely cost to place goal. it. He thumped it. He gave it a bloody good welly. He gave it a big bit of larrup. It was great. 
what a great goal that was. I loved it. I loved it. Can, can I also can I also yeah. say and I, I and I need I need to put this on record again um, about how wrong I I mean because somebody dug me oh, out about it last week. Funny enough, but. I have to say how wrong I was about Pedro and how fantastic he's been this season. And I mean, let's be honest, he scored the crucial goal. I mean, I know, I know it was an absolute Horlicks by fa- Flap Your Hansky. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, crucial goal, wasn't it, Joe? Does, does a little part of you not miss the Pedro that would pick the ball up on the halfway line, run completely in the wrong direction and give away a corner? Because part of me, although I'm really enjoying seeing him actually look like a footballer this season, part of me still wants him, maybe last game of the season, to go back to like Pedro 1.0 and, and run with Gary Cahill sort of just looking completely aghast as he runs across the penalty area and gives away a corner. But yeah, no, I mean, he, I, I think really he's, he's actually been, he's been sensational this season. And I think possibly, again, when you look at some of these, these teams that we've often struggled to break down, even when we've been flying, like some of these teams do come and sit back. He's almost a perfect player to, to actually nick a goal or score a goal or do something kind of a bit different against some of these teams. And, you know, we often talked about we brought Fabregas to kind of unlock the door against some of these teams. I think Pedro really now, particularly when you look at how he plays compared to, to William, he's a lot more of a of a goal threat and seems to be a bit more cute around around the penalty mm. area where William maybe is a bit more direct. He's actually, yeah. Um, you know, he, he, again, he played really, really well. Um, did well for the first goal as well, which I thought was, was a really good piece of play for him. But no, I mean, he's been massively, massively improved. Um it, it, it's almost completely unrecognisable from from last season. It, again, it could just be that last season was this kind of you know one-off show horror show that kind of everyone was sort of sucked into, and maybe it wasn't a true reflection of how good he was. But you know the, the kind of difference between then and this season, he's he's almost like a completely different player. And again, when you think that we paid what twenty million pounds for him, and he, I think he's been quite crucial this season in the league. You know, again, when you factor that twenty million, thirty million for Kante, we've, we've got some pretty good players in for. So not that, that you know, not a huge amount of money when you look at you know someone like Pogba or some of these deals are sort of 60, 70 million pound players. So you know, I think we've done pretty well. Then he has been he has been fantastic for the majority of this season. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Though, Listen, chaps, I, I just I sorry, I just Tony, saying, go on, mate. Because um, you know when you were having your um, your little uh, you, when you were sitting back with your glass of Rioja and a fag, um, I mentioned the fact that I how good Pedro was compared to last season when I was with you I thought he was the second worst I'd ever seen behind Quadrado okay and this Mm. season and I've noticed two uh, there were two things about him number one um, he has the ability to nick the ball off opponents pretty much like Kante comes in from behind you know annoying pesty like a bloody wasp yeah just you know get lost and he will not go Um, secondly Fabianski had pulled out some fantastic bloody saves. I mean, I think how he stopped that one from Fabregas in the first half um, when Fabregas shot down into the ground and did everything right was was marvellous. And it just underlines the fact for me that every now and then, take a punt. Because, you know, if you have a shot and the keeper spills it or something goes wrong, you know, there's been too a little bit too much of the let's go for the extra pass and, you know, deliver this goal that's a, a, a piece of art in front of the uh, the actual net. Sometimes you just need to thump it and see what the keeper does because they might make a mistake like that. I, you know, I mean, I also thought that, you know, Fabianski's save from Hazard's sort of like um, instant shot when we played a beautiful little uh, passage of football Um I think somebody dummied it actually to allow Hazard to come in and take a first-time shot. I mean, we were shouting goal in our end. We were absolutely up shouting goal until somebody said, "No, nah, he saved it." It was, it was just, Hazard. You know, Hazard did the dummy. Hazard dummied it, and then it was passed back to him as a walk mm, pass. Right. Okay. So it was a, it in. 
because I, I was watching yeah. a different game to you. Though. Yeah, I think you was because I, I, I this, you don't, yeah. Do you remember it? That has that, 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 that hazard. <laughs> well, for a minute, he really is. Um, but I, I think you know Pedro's been. Do you, have you noticed as well? And I'm maybe it's just me, but Pedro, unlike last season, is smiling a lot more when he's out on that pitch. And I think that's running through the team. That kind of yes, it is. It, but it's isn't it great to see because footballers can be so absolutely morose, miserable dunderheads at times. And to see players like Pedro smile, he's probably not smiled like that since he's been at, since he was at Barcelona. Um, and he's genuinely a man enjoying his game at the moment. Genuinely. You know what? All I want, all I want for the end of the season, and I, I will almost take this as much as a title win. Is for at the end of the well, actually, let's 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 say that uh, we won the title and they're doing their on-pitch celebration. I want Pedro to grab the mic and I just want him to say, "I don't need no stinking badges." <laughs> <laughs> That's all I really want for Christmas. Um, anyway, look, um, Jonathan made a point about this earlier on, if I recall, although I'd already scripted to say it because I feel quite strongly about this. But um, I thought Alonso had a Me cracking so. game. On Saturday, and 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 I, yeah, you know, and I think Jonathan, you know, we've got a lot of very unsung heroes in this side at the moment. I mean, it's very easy to pick out the Tebos and the Luises and the Cantes and the Fabregases and the, you know, the Hazards, the Costas, the Pedros, etc., etc. But I tell you what, this team wouldn't be half as bloody good if it wasn't without you know the efforts of Alonso and Moses, and I think in particular. Aspilicueta and of course you know Conte I don't know if you were at the CPO dinner but uh, you know Conte's interview he absolutely praised uh, Aspilicueta to the hills calling him a world-class player basically first t- first name of the team and I just thought it was really lovely and about time that was heard isn't it Jonathan because I, I, I really do you know the key thing about this Chelsea team is that they are a team and the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and it's players like Alonso and Moses and Aspie in particular that well, make that we've happen. We've forgotten about Luis now, haven't we? Who only a couple of weeks ago was the best player yeah. in the team. You know, I mean, they're all playing out of their skin, yeah. and as yeah. you say, Chidge, it's a, the beginning in your intro. It's a joy to go and watch it when they're all playing well because it's a they're fa- mm. it's a fabulous team. In fact, they pass the ball beautifully, and each person seems to know their role absolutely excellently. You know, who'd have thought that Louise, after we all, you know, as even uh, you know, I admit, I, I, you, you're, you've got a problem with Pedro. I had a problem with Louise when he when he reappeared. I thought, oh God, this is a mm. this is a a, a knee jerk transfer. We can't get anybody else. But we didn't we didn't realise the the uh, um, the excellence of the manager, who is absolutely brilliant clearly of getting players to play out of their skin even if um they even if their reputation they come with isn't a great one or even if they've had a really crap season the one before because alonso has just been uh, outstanding i i love it i love watching players really wanting to play for the as you say for the team but also each week they keep they maintain the standard we are rarely saying they're not quite up to it other than at the moment for me costa and hazard sorry to keep going on about this but um, uh, there's a no, theory right. at the moment, wasn't there? There's a, there's a Twitter <laughs> rumour that Inter now are after Costa. Have you seen that? I couldn't believe it today. I thought, oh, God, what's happening? Well, and, and Con- so, you mean Conte? Sorry, uh, you mean uh, Conte? Costa, no, after Costa. Is it, aren't they after it? Well, apparently they're after, they're after Conte, Conte as, well. as well. Oh, I've got it wrong. I wasn't reading properly. All right, right, yeah. right. By the way, I just, 
Can I but according to the son, according to the son, Conte's not going anywhere because he's going to buy a restaurant with his brother oh, over fantastic. in Chelsea. Can I just give you an image, Chid, for the moment, just to tell you what I'm up to? I'm playing cricket again tonight, so I've got my whole whites on, and I've actually got a pair of wicket-keeping gloves in my hand that I'm trying to, to get um, their new ones, so I'm actually using them to try and pretending to catch the ball here, just to get them get them, you know, like a pair of old football boots. You need to, to wear them a bit, you know. So I just thought I'd give everybody an image of the ludicrousness of the situation here, my end. Yeah. That's what that bloody noise no, was, it was then, was it? No, it Anyway, wasn't. look, very quickly before we... Uh, this yes, is, it there's was. no noise at all. Uh, very quickly to wrap no up. Noise. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to... I'm just going to go to part two anyway, and we can probably do this at the beginning of part two. So there we go. We're going to go for a quick break, uh, after which uh, we will talk about the return of Sir Frank of Lampard, which was very totes emotion. <laughs> Um, but we'll also uh, have a look at the run-in and the banana skins, difficult games. Where are we going to find these 29 points from? And uh, talking of the unsung heroes as we were, we're going to have a look at why some of our most deserving players don't appear to have a suitable song. We'll see you in a minute. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford yeah. Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, uh, I've got with me the lovely Joe Tweeds, uh, the famous for his wonderful writing and. Uh, very cerebral appearances on things like uh, London is Blue. And by the way, uh, London is Blue is a great podcast. We're only joking, you guys, if and when you listen to this show. Um, we love you loads. And I will be on your show, I think, sometime in March, as I recall. But there you go. Anyway, Joe, lovely to have you with us as yeah, always. Yeah, good evening, guys. And uh, 
We also have the Reverend, the Reverend Tony Good Glover, evening. who is uh, who's always yeah, welcome good on the show. E- good, yeah, evening, good, good evening, good evening, Arch- Archbishop, uh, sorry, Archbishop sorry. Chidge. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, it's a shame I didn't see you. It's a shame we didn't share a bit of cock on uh, Saturday. Uh, yes, it did. is, and, and and it was really down to me. I went straight to the club simply because I needed to be sat down, and I couldn't guarantee it in the pub. And had I gone over in the pub, it would have been quite embarrassing when you'd have heard me scream like a little girl. Oh, we don't want to hear that, no. And uh, somebody we definitely don't want to hear scream like a little girl is Jonathan oh. Kidd. I knew he would do it. I just knew he would do it. It's like taking, it's like, what is it? Taking candy off a baby or is it giving candy to a baby? I don't know. Jonathan, as always, lovely to have you in with us, of course. Now, um, uh, we didn't quite get a chance to do this before, so I'm going to do it now. Um, what was absolutely lovely and, and very rare for me to be, uh, to stay uh, during the halftime break um, but I felt compelled to because uh, it was, um, you know, builders Sir Frank of Lampard's chance to say Arrivederci to uh, the people, the people that he loves most in this world, apart from possibly Christine and his daughters. Um, but it was very emotional, wasn't it? I mean, I presume you were there, Jonathan, or were you hiding? No, in I was. Funny enough, I wouldn't go back into corporate because uh, Frank was coming. We Good had man. Poor old Neil Barnett waiting to introduce Frank, and they and they kept playing all the commercials at half time. So he was just right below me, and he was every time he was about to announce him, another commercial started. So it became a kind of dreadful running gag. The poor man trying to be professional and do his job, being prevented by them just constantly playing these. Um, um, what's the what's the uh, the tire sponsors um, and Adidas and everybody else? Yamaha, Yokohama. Yes, to run through all that. And consequently, he didn't get as long as he deserved. But I thought Frank's speech was very emotional. And the very fact that he, he, he said, you know, I didn't get an opportunity to come back. And I, he almost sort of, uh, you know, anybody who was objecting to him having played for, for City um, should just be, uh, um, you know, I don't think they've got a leg to stand on about him being unfaithful. I mean, personally, I never had a problem with it. I always thought that he was just doing his job, wasn't he, going off and playing playing football for someone else. But yeah. um, lots of people did thought he was when there wasn't being true Chelsea and was being um, um he, even though he was letting us down. Well, bollocks. It is complete bollocks. I agree. I agree completely. Me. But yeah. there were people who thought that. But I thought the fact he tried to repair that by saying he hadn't had an opportunity to say goodbye. And the final thing he said was, I love you all. And I felt my little heart gave a little little lurch it did. Because he oh, is, let's yeah. be honest, guys. He's one of the uh, he's one uh, yeah. of the greatest Chelsea players ever. I mean, he's he no, is, he no, is, no, 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 no. He is the greatest. He is the greatest. No argument. He is the greatest Chelsea player ever. And so, any involvement, if he wants to get involved in the club in any yeah. way, you know, I'd have him with open arms. But you know, at the same time, he's got to go off and and uh, and learn how to manage, hasn't he? So I. For a few years, he may not be involved with Chelsea, but you know, any uh, he's a yeah, any he's a wonderful, wonderful player, and uh, clearly a very competent, um, uh, loquacious individual. So you know, good luck to him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Tony, I mean, you were there too, so uh, it would have been you know quite emotional for you as well. I mean, I, I a little tear nearly came out. Yeah, I have to be honest. I mean, I. I... I wrote that piece the other week, which was um, I got quite emotional actually writing that. And then at the time, I was sort of I, I found the top ten goals of Frank Lampard, and then the top forty, and then I found every single one of them on YouTube. And and it is just, it, 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 you know, what an amazing player. And I, I I 
you know, I, I've always been a, a Zolaite for the greatest player I've ever seen at Chelsea. Um, but I think when you look at um, overall, you know, previous heroes were, you know, Peter Osgood and, and, and Kerry Dixon. But, you know, just for what Frank won us, for everything he was involved in, for the look on his face and the way he ran across the pitch in Munich for the, you know, sinking to his knees with Carvalho one side and I think Drogba the other side, I think, um, after pushing that penalty cast past Liverpool. The man's Chelsea through and through. And I, I cannot tell you how distasteful I find these people who say, oh, no, but he buggered it up by going to City. He was doing his job. We, we had let him go. Okay, the club made that decision. He didn't. And, you know, if someone's going to pay you some money, you don't turn around and go, oh, I ain't doing that. Um, you know, you're just going to get on and do it because you're a professional and he's a fantastic player. And I think Jonathan just said it, loquacious, he's in, in, intelligent, he comes across brilliantly. And even on the day he kind of retired, there were still people going, oh, yeah, unless he's in an airport after 9-11. You know, young players are doing far worse and have done far worse than that. Um, and... Since then, he's not put a foot wrong. He apologised for it. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I've always maintained this, Chid, right? Um, I don't want my kids looking to footballers for their role models. I want them looking to me, OK, um, as every bloody parent should do. But in his case, I would make an exception and say to any young lad or young girl, you want to get on in life. Look at the attitude and the professionalism of that man there. So, yes, it was very emotional. I'm getting quite emotional now. Well, you are. I, I know. I shall rescue from it. But, uh, I mean, I, I know you, you weren't there, Joe, so you, you missed out on all of that. But it was very, very emotional. Um, very quickly, before I go back into the, uh, you know, what I want to talk about, which is the running, really, I should, I should remind everybody that having just uh, lauded, I, I think, the greatest ever Chelsea player and, of course, the man who holds the record for the number of goals... Uh, the third highest goal scorer, uh, of course, is the person that I do a podcast with every week. The one and only Kerry Dixon, a, a massive hero and legend for most of my age group going to Chelsea. And, of course, uh, we'll be doing our show, as always, this Thursday. Uh, we'll be looking back to the Swansea, Swansea game again. And we'll be looking forward to the West Ham game next week. And that will be hitting your ears sometime on Thursday. So look out for that. Don't forget to download it. And, of course... Um, you know, good luck to anybody who's going along to Kerry's, uh, the, the launch of the film about Kerry on Friday in Soho. There's a great big shindig and a dinner going on and a preview of the film. So if you're going to that, enjoy it. And of course, hopefully uh, we'll get a few freebies to give away as well. Now, um, I want to talk about the run-in and it, it's quite interesting. So so bear with me, people, because I'm going to witter on for a little bit just to kind of intro all of this. But, um, you know, Conte himself said... Uh, and if Conte says it, who am I to doubt him? He, he says we need 29 points. Uh, the lead is 10 points. We've got 12 games left. Um, I, I think that really what we're talking about is nine wins, two draws and one loss. And that, that would do it. Um, but of course, I think what everybody else forgets is, uh, is that the other teams will, will drop points. But let's just have a look at uh, who we've got left. I mean, we've got the Watford game, which needs to be rearranged, of course, for, for when we don't know. And there may be others, too, if we carry on in the cup. But at the moment, it's West Ham away, Watford at home, Stoke away, uh, Palace at home, Bournemouth away, Southampton at home, Everton away, Middlesbrough at home, West Brom away, Sunderland at home. The only two games left uh, against kind of rivals, if you like, uh, although I, I would question United being rivals, but... 
home to City on the 5th of April and away to United on the 15th of April. I mean, technically, I would say those are the only tough games. Um, we should beat all of the other teams, no problem. Of course, we know it's not like that. But um, before I talk about the, the points that... Actually, no bollocks. I'll just do it now and we can talk around it. Um, my point about the others dropping points, which means we might need less than 29 points, uh, are here. City have got United at some time to be arranged. Liverpool-Arsenal on the 4th of March. City-Liverpool, 19th of March. Arsenal v uh, City on the 1st of April. Spurs v Arsenal, 29th of April. Arsenal-United, 6th of May. Spurs-United, 30th of May. Of course, we'll, we'll have won it by then, no doubt. But the bottom line is that every single one of our uh, rivals have got games against each other. I mean, I know we have two, but they are going to drop points. That's my point, Joe. So how do you feel about the run-in? You know, what are the likely banana skins? Do you think we might win it? You know, have you got a day for when we might win it? Um, do you agree with me that the others have dropped points? Discuss. Uh, God, um, I'm very much for the opinion that it, it's not won until it's won. Um, I think, what was it, Mourinho's, Mourinho's no, first season, we had quite a similar lead in the, in the league and we ended up kind of not really fulfilling on that. Though I, I do think there's obviously a, a huge difference in, in the team and the mentality. Um I'm I'm a bit worried about some of the some of the sort of the middling teams we've got to play. So I'm looking at maybe Borough or or West Ham and, and, and possibly Everton. It's just sort of trickyish games that you know it's going to be one of those where if we score early it could be a rout. If we don't, it could be a, it could be a draw. Um, but I, I can't really look beyond the the City and the United games. You know I think you're right. I think we will pick up you know 90% of, of sort of maximum points and the rest of the other games. You might draw a game here or there, but. I fully expect, you know, the other teams when they play each other to drop points as well. So I'm not necessarily saying that that's going to be a, a huge thing. But if we don't, if we don't lose against United and if we don't lose against City, um, I think that's that's it done. You know, I, I'm I'm confident that we are good enough. Um, Conte is good enough. You know, he's he's had experience of of run-ins with Juventus. He knows what it takes to win a title. Um, a lot of these players still do know what it takes to win a title. Although last season was obviously an abomination in that respect. But there's enough experience at management level within the players as well, particularly looking at the fixtures. You know, I, th- I think that the team would have to be confident going into, um, you know, the, the running. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll win the title. I'm not sure when, um, but it would be a, a huge, huge disappointment if at this, you know, this, this sort of point in the season, if we didn't actually go in and win the title. Although, again, if you look back at the beginning of the season and said, you know, which we've taken top four considering we finished 10th. I think a lot of people would have probably said yes, just to get back in the Champions League. But, you know, it's been such a huge improvement that not winning the title now would be would be a disappointment. But, you know, I, I do think we'll do it. I think we will probably do it quite early. Um, and hopefully we do do it early then. A lot of these younger players, which he has, you know, included sort of the Chalabers and the Amers and the, the Rubens of this world, you know, they might get a good good five five games at the end of the season where they, we can see a bit more of, um, of them and see what they're about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm confident that we'll do it. Um, it's just really a matter of when, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I'll tell you what, there's another thing, Jonathan. I've just got this wonderful graphic up here. Because, of course, the 29 points was uh, really based on, on you know, I, I think it, it, it's it's the number of... Uh, mac- it's based on the maximum number of points that all of our rivals can get, plus one, all right? But the interesting thing is, is that that was that was for City, you know. Uh, everybody else, uh, we need 27 points, uh, you know, uh, difference against Arsenal and Tottenham. It goes down to 26 Liverpool and 25 Man United. So, um, 
you know, and as I said, they these guys are going to drop points. I mean, we may do too. I mean, I, I, I'm under no illusion, as people have been saying on Mixler, you know, um, whilst our running might look fairly innocuous, a lot of those teams are going to be scrapping to avoid relegation. They're going to be bloody tough. They're going to park the bus. But I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm full of confidence, J.K. And I am never full but of. But aren't confidence. they? All these other teams also will be dropping points against lesser sides than um, playing all the top yeah. top teams for the very reasons you've just outlined, Chidge. You know, um, Sunderland will be yeah, yeah. scrapping. Yeah. Um, West Brom's quite a difficult side anyway. Um, Everton is always a difficult, difficult game away at Goodison Park. And they're all Southampton. Um, you know, yes, on on paper they're all on current form. They're all tricky. In fact, on previous form from last the last few years. But we're a better side than I think than anybody else in the division. So um, we're likely to come out mm. with results as we were against against Swansea. Everybody was saying Swansea was a banana skin, and we dealt with them uh, perfectly. I mean, I think there was a period in the Swansea game up until when Pedro scored. But I, we were going through that similar kind of oh my god, how are we ever going to get the goal? And, but they're the kind of team now that, that, that does it at any stage of the game, even if he brings subs on, because he's a, the, the squad is so, is so excellent. Um, but I, I, I almost feel it's a kind of um, um, uh, an understatement, isn't he? He's making a, um, an allusion to something that is, it's, it's, it's unlikely that we'll ever get near requiring 29 points to win the title. Uh, it's almost as if he said it to be, to be I mean, self-effacing, just, Chidge, isn't it? It's like saying, that's what we need. We well, no, no, mate. The, no, he worked he, it out. He, he's, he, he's actually worked it out. He's worked it out because I have two. And basically, the maximum number of points... I mean, basically, if we got another 29 points, we'd have 91 yeah. points. Uh, nobody else, even if they won all of their matches, can get to, can get to 91. That, that, yeah. that, that's why he said yeah, 29. Yeah, so he's assuming that they all win every single one of oh, their good. matches. And I think that's the point that you and I were good, just talking I'm glad about. He, you know, that, that they no, won't. But I'm glad he's assuming that. Sorry, yeah, well, I'm, Tony, glad, on, I'm glad he's assuming that. That's the kind of attitude when we were knew we were getting Conti last season. People were freely quoting about how, you know, his weekend's ruined. He doesn't want to see players smiling if they've lost and all this sort of stuff. If he's doing that, if he's saying that, let's assume everybody else wins every game, which we know they can't, but let's assume they do, then he's doing exactly what I'm doing. He's taking that complete pessimistic view. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with Joe. I don't think we'll win it till we won it. I'm also like you, Chidge, in the sense that I fundamentally will not, you know, the words every time we start talking about winning the championship, there's two events in my life that I remember. Doug Rugby once years and years ago for those old enough to remember he went to the newspapers and he had an article published in the sun saying we can win the treble i think we got relegated a year later or something like that right okay so this this whole thing probably because probably because doug got sent off this whole thing is about tempting fate and the other one is devon Locke. remember that those words if you Mm. anybody who doesn't know the history of the grand national go and type in devon Locke. okay uh, so I'm 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 with Conte on that. If he's instilling into the minds of the players, okay, that 29 points is the target. Look, it's a game of cards. It's it's a it's a negotiation, isn't it? It's you know, we, we, I want 500 quid for my, for my car. while you'd take four, no five, four fifty, whatever. He's saying 29. It's probably going to be less than that because as you say that. But there are tough games in there. Everton worry me. 
uh, you know, uh, and it's it's the little teams as well. It is the sort of it, it's the West West Broms. That's that's isn't that the graveyard for our coaches? You know, we go to West Brom and we lose, and then the coach mm-hmm. is gone the next day. So you know, that's my point of view. And if Conti's going by that mantra of twenty nine points to win, um, then I'm happy with that. Yeah, me too. I'm going to nail all of your colours to the mast now, very very quickly, gents. Uh, on the, on the presumption that we think that we're going to win the title, when will we win it, Joe? When, when, when is the earliest we can win it? What, what's the game? I'd, I'd love to win it at, um, at Old Trafford. I don't know if that's possible now, but if we could win it at Old Trafford, that would be absolutely phenomenal. I think I think okay, it is. So if, if that's the case, then if we can win I, it, I then think it that, is, that, that, I... that's it for me. With Costa doing a sort of Klinsman in front of Mourinho as he scores sort of a ninety-third minute sort of handball winner would be perfect. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think obviously, it, it, yeah, well, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I think it will require, you know, other teams to drop points for us to do that. But I've got a secret hankering to, I, I would, I mean, as Kevin Keegan would say, I would just love it. I would love it if we won it up there just to watch that miserable old scrope Mourinho screw up his face like a bulldog chewing a wasp. Uh, Tony, uh, what, what are you going to go for? Uh, do you know what? <laughs> I desperately want to say uh, Sunderland. <laughs> Is that our last game of the season? <laughs> right. Yes. I've got to tell you this story. I'm sure I've told you this story before, Chid, right? <laughs> Do you remember the year we won it with Ancelotti? Yeah. Wigan. Wigan. Right. Yeah. Wigan. JK, listen to this. This is no word of a lie. Yeah. We had to win that game to guarantee winning the, the title, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And we won it 8-0, yeah? Remember? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I relaxed when we were 6-0 up. <laughs> Five minutes to go. <laughs> That was the point. That was the point when my shoulders finally relaxed and sank. I thought we've Tony, got this one now. <laughs> I was the same, except in my instance, Tony, it was four nil. It was four nil. Oh yeah. When, yeah okay. when we got to four, I thought I think we're going to win it now. Yeah. Exactly um, the same though. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be quite honest. I think um, uh, I think if if we can beat Everton at Everton. Then I think it's over and done with. And, and I, I'm. This is how pessimistic I'm. We can afford to lose against it and still hold the healthy lead. So, you know, there you go. And I think um, it, it's dependent on how we do in the next few games. If we beat uh, uh, everybody in the next four or five games, um, I think we'll be so far ahead because I think they'll all start losing points. Closer, you know, the the closer we get to wit to the to the the fewer games towards the end of the season, I think it'll it'll happen that way. Uh, if we start, if we drop a few and and draw one or two, then it's going to get slightly worrying. And it, I still think we'll win it, but it will obviously be later on. But I think if we win, what have we got? What have we got next? West Ham, Watford, Stoke, and Palace. If we win all those games, I mean, I, I'm, I'm stating the obvious, really, aren't I? But uh, I think it'll just mean that. That would be would be too far ahead because they'll have all dropped points around us. For those who are interested as well, by the way, um, I, I gather Leicester have just gone a goal up against Liverpool. Yeah, perfect, fantastic. Jamie Vardy. All right, we should we, we should uh, we should move this little thing along a bit, shouldn't we? Really, um, but uh, the next thing I want to talk about really is uh, the issue about. Uh, songs for the players. And I know, I know this is something Jonathan actually talks about quite a lot uh, in terms of, uh, you know, in the old days, of course, pretty much before every match, every player would get a song uh, chanted yeah. for them. 
But it seems to me that, A, not all the players get one sung for them, and a lot of the players that do get one sung for them, they're actually shit. I mean, Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. I'm not very inspiring. Uh, Louise, why do we go Louise, 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 when we've got this wonderful, oh, David, Louise, you are the love of my life. It's a cracking song. Gary Cahill, one Gary Cahill, not very, uh, not very imaginative. Do, 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 Victor Moses. Well, I suppose that's something, but it's not exactly unique. The uh, Fabregas is magic, brilliant song. William Hates Tottenham, brilliant song. Um, I think the Eden one's all right too. Diego, although it's, it, it's horribly <coughs> simple, I think it's very effective. But where's where's the song for Alonso, Kante or Matic? I think it's criminal that they don't have a song. Um, and and, and, I, and I, know, I, I hate the just call him Dave one because he hates being called Dave. Um, just to give you an idea of what we could come up with, Darren Mantle, bless his heart, came uh, up with this song for Aspilicueta donkeys ago, and it's never got traction, probably because it hasn't got Walter Rotten copyright on it. But um, Darren's version, and I mean, the, the great genius about Darren's version was it was to a Barry Manilow, a Barry Manilow song, which of course makes it even better in my eyes. But um, um, what well, how does it go? I've got to remember that. He's got, got to remember how it goes now. Which uh, which. His name is Cesar Aspiliqueta. He wears number 28, and we think he's fucking great. His brilliant. name is Cesar. And That's brilliant. Another, which brilliant. I think is genius. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Darren, yeah, brilliant. I mean, you know, I, I, Mark Barfoot's gone, gone on Mixler here, and he says Matic in the middle of our pitch. Matic in the middle of our pitch. Yeah, I, I think that's good. Not, not enough of these songs get traction, do they? You know, oh, Pedro Rodriguez. Yeah, that's not bad. But, uh, you know, Alonso Cante, I mean, we haven't got a song for Cante. I mean, actually, there were some lads trying to get one going the other night uh, to, to Guns of Brixton, uh, which I think is not a bad idea. But, I mean, it just disappoints me. What, I mean, Jonathan, as, as the man who's been watching, you know, Chelsea longer than all of us lot, why is it the death of a decent song? Well, What's that all I'm, about? I'm sorry, Chidge, I actually think it's worse than that. I think there's a kind of a dearth of, of, uh, of singing now. It's... Um, um, uh, what was the the other night? Um, even you know, you go to Wolves. Wolves have got hundreds of bloody songs they're singing, all for all pro the team. I'll keep going on about this, but all this anti-Tottenham rubbish all the time. The fact that the liquidator has now got we, um, you know, diddly, 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 we hate Tottenham. Chelsea in it is just sickening, it, and it's not. It's all it, it's making a big thing of hating another team. It's just rubbish. We don't. We 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 give them power. We empower them by singing these songs that we we don't like Tottenham. Don't care. Sing the songs for the team. But absolutely, there was a, a um, in in two thousand and four before the game at Bolton, where we were, you know, which was a great place to be when we won the title for the first time since nineteen fifty four fifty five. Every single player on the pitch had his name chant, uh, um, 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 chanted out. The same way with. Uh, 2008, I remember. Every player had a song. And if there were much more... Even, I don't know, I was happy with even a small chant for some of them because Michael Ballack never got much of a tune. And then suddenly, neither did Peter Cech, which was completely beyond me. I never understood why he never got a, a, a particular song. But there seems to be a bizarre negativity about it all. And the very fact that it also pains me that um, we're top of the league is the same as Antonio. I mean, for, all right, I suppose they're, they're associated and they're related. But come on, guys, let's come up with something. Let's, as you said, the originality of the Cesar Azpilicueta song that you came up with there is fantastic. 
and that's absolutely agreed completely. The, 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 the no, it's Darren. Darren, you should get all the, the praise for that. Yeah, yeah. And the Louise song as well is similarly yeah, yeah. an Credit excellent song. The Louise song, it's not sung at all. Um, it, everything seems to have to. I mean, even I'm, I'm actually pissed off with the fact that the Williams song is a hates Tottenham song, and that one of my favourite songs is "Allo, Allo, We Are the Chelsea Boys." Allo, but then once again, it says, "If you are a Tottenham fan, surrender or you die." It used not to be, "If you are a Tottenham fan." It used to be if you're if if you are an Arsenal fan, it, it, it would change depending on the team we were playing against. Who yes, we were that playing. Was what was fun yeah, about it? You exactly. could change it. If you are a Wednesday fan, you could do it. You don't have to sing about sodding Tottenham all the time. It absolutely pisses me off. And it's a and, and it's a you're not getting behind the sun. I have to say, on Saturday, suddenly there was a different kind of Chelsea. There was a, a Chelsea. It wasn't even a Chelsea. Did it? it was Chelsea. Chelsea. Just it was a continuous thing. I'm happy with that. I think that's great. Getting behind the getting behind the side. But but when the, the, you have these immense silences for no apparent reason i know it's because we're playing well and we're kind of used to it but you compare you and i know that the wolves team is all a bit desperate because they're all trying to beat you and therefore they're trying to as in burnley burnley was phenomenal the phenomenal noise but it's just because they're similarly that they feel they're feeling you know it's kind of um uh, they're a little bit uh, um Lack, you know, not lacking in confidence. They fit, they're, they're getting at the fact that we're a we're a, a you know a very moneyed southern southern side. So they they've got that going on with them as well. But I just I, I just like somebody to be armed with a few more songs to just to to fill in the gaps. You hear see hear nothing happening at the bridge, and you think, come on. Whereas I have to say, away um, they're not guilty of that. There's a big barrage of noise at the Wolves game. Everybody kept singing all the time, but it's at home where it seems to be constantly anti-Tottenham. I just get fed up with it. Anyway, that's my rant. That was a fabulous rant. That was that was up there with some of my best. That was brilliant. And I agree. And I pretty much agree with every word. Thank you. Anything to add, well, Tony? Well, I'm fed up with this, this obsession with Tottenham. You know, they've barely laid a glove on us over the years. And here we are. But we do, we, we do. do hate them. But, but, we do hate know, them. I mean, fair. I hate Arsenal equally. I hate Queens Park Rangers equally. I, I, I want, to, I want I hate to see Leeds, all, I want to see Chelsea. Leeds back in the Premiership, so I can hate them again. And we all hate Leeds and Leeds and Leeds and Leeds. Exactly. But I think, I think Jonathan makes a good point. So you had the the endless, you know, every song was the Sloop John B. That was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? That was, you know, which, which which in the end sort of drives you a bit mad. I mean, I I, I used to love singing Molly Malone. I'd never hear it these days. That was a fabulous song, you know. Absolutely agree, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, well, exactly. And even the famous Tottenham Hotspur went around to see the Pope doesn't get that much of an out in these days. And, um, you know, I I do think it's all got a bit kind of homogenous and and a bit simple. And, and, uh, you know, lunchtime kickoffs will always killed out for a little bit but i think there is there's room for songs i mean you do get this thing where people are going on about you know so let's sing songs for the players in there now uh and you know so let's stop singing songs about frank lampard or the gerald song or whatever if you're going to divide it up logically like that then stop singing you know well's good Osgood, good born is the king of snap the bridge because you know you, you you can't differentiate in that way i don't think i just think jonathan's right that the endless you know, we hate Tottenham drives me bananas. We we should hate everybody and we should hate them all pretty equally, I think. Um, 
Tony, uh, there's, there's another the fact that this, rather than go stand up if you hate Tottenham, it used to be stand up if you love Chelsea. That used to be. There you go. There you Everyone. go. That's much better, much more positive. So but that's what uh, was sung. That was the song that yeah. was sung. And, we, and you so, don't have to do that. Whereas exactly. stand up if you hate Tottenham. You yeah. go, oh, for God's sake. Exactly. And I, as I say, Jonathan, you know, even though we do watch entirely different games, you'll well, see the eyes I, of a butler. We are in agreement listen. on that one. <laughs> I listen, Tony. I'm just listening. It's, I'm listening for the from the lounge at, at Aussies. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm just listening to the songs. That's all I do. <laughs> So, Joe, what do you recommend? <laughs> God, that's a, a pretty comprehensive uh, roundup to follow. follow um, yeah, I mean, I just echo really what the guys say. I mean, I, th- I think the, the one that, that really irritates me, I, I can't remember, I think it was earlier in the season, it might have been like we were playing a very low team in the, the FA Cup and pretty dead atmosphere. And then you get the sort of Steven Gerrard song, which, again, you're kind of celebrating the fact, OK, he fell over in a match against us, but we didn't win the title that season. You know, it's, it seems a very weird thing to continually celebrate all right okay, I can see you know seeing it against Liverpool to wind them up but against Macclesfield or some other random team it always seems a bit strange that we kind of continually go on about that rather than you know as like people were saying having a, a song for for some of the players I think the, the Aspilicueta one is particularly good but yeah I mean it, it does irritate me that we seem to equate some of the home support in particular with being negative about other teams rather than positive about Chelsea um, I can't remember the last game that I went to where the sort of Chelsea, 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 where that went on for more than like a minute. You know, that used to go on for, you know, five, ten minutes, just solidly, you know, during a half. You know, something Sorry, like that would be indeed. Would be a nice a nice comeback, um, particularly when other teams start doing, you know, just start singing and you just continue the Chelsea thing on for ages and ages and ages where, you know, that seems to have died a death as well. But, yeah, I mean, just, just more positivity in terms of actually actively supporting the team and the players rather than, making everything relate back to Tottenham or relate back to Liverpool or relate back to Steven Gerrard. Maybe it's just a different way of, of, of you know, how, how support has gone over the few years, but you know, I, would, I definitely would like to see a bit more of a return to, to being more positive and more supportive of the team rather than negative about other teams, but maybe that's just me. No, I, I'm, I agree with you there. I mean, there is another one, actually, that Pablo came up, another, another ex-fancaster, but... Uh, he came up for one uh, one for Batshuayi, which is Batshuayi, aha, aha, I like it, aha, aha, Batshuayi, aha, aha, I like it, which I thought was just genius again. Uh, you just, what you like that, John? Just has to play a bit. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, exactly. I know, but that's the thing, you know. I I would love to have a, a song for. I think I think Mark Barford, as always, uh, the voice of reason, has got it spot on. Is that Matic does have a song, but not enough people get to know. Do you know what I can't understand? I mean, we're going horribly over time, so I'll make this the last uh, point. But it staggers me because you know we got all of these great. I mean, I mean, I've got a whole bible of Chelsea songs stashed away on my cupboard from the old days, and you know. We used to come up with these incredible songs. I mean, there's a there's a rich catalogue of Chelsea songs, which we would come up with in the days when there was no internet, no bo- mobile phones, no bloody podcasts, no fanzines, none of this. They basically, you know, got got they 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 became popular with a lot of people singing them either in the pub before or afterwards, taking them to the terraces, or they would they would get devised on the coaches or the trains to and from the game. And and they got traction, and and now, 
in in this world of multimedia where we should be able to communicate stuff to people i mean you know walter's song is the antithesis to that because the william song he came up with in a bar in prague and it went and it went viral thanks to william liking the youtube clip but it amazes me that we can't get traction for mm. a lot of these songs. You know, I, I don't know. Anyway, we, we, we really should stop because otherwise um, we're going to be way over budget. So uh, my apologies to the Supporters Trust, CPO and the CFC UK for not giving you your usual plug. But you get one every week, so you'll survive. Uh, now, after the break, we've got an email from John Powers. And then we've got, we have got loads of questions, boys, which is why I'm mindful about moving on. So we'll see you in a sec. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge. You are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and inshallah, we are finishing in about 20 minutes. And I can finish the rest of this large bottle of wine, which has uh, been keeping me company tonight, as well as these. Fine gentlemen who are with me, Mr. Jonathan Kidd and uh, Mr. Tony Glover and uh, Mr. Joe Tweeds. What's hello in Cape in in Danish, Joe? (laughs) (laughs) It is genuinely, it's it's HTJ. Hey, or hi. Okay, all right. We've got one email, Jonathan, so uh, take it away. John Powers. Hello, Chid and the fan cast crew. Having enjoyed listening to the show for the past few years, I've finally been inspired by all the emails you've been getting to write in myself. First, a few thoughts on the last show. I wasn't sure if someone had changed my podcast feed and slipped in someone else's Chelsea podcast. The good sense and measured insight was far out of line with what I've come to expect and love from the fan cast. There was an otherworldly feel to it all. I think you'll need Alex and Tony on for the next five shows to recalibrate my fan cast wiring. Oi, oi, that's a bit right. I haven't sworn once tonight. <laughs> I thought he was. No, I think he's. I know no, I think good. he's been positive, isn't he? Isn't he saying he wants you more than anybody else? I'm, I'm off. I'm the one who should be out. Me and Chid, <laughs> me and Chid are the ones who want, need to go. Look what he's saying. Suits me, mate. Also, Chid kept referring to spanking Josie's. Joseph Jose's bloody hell Jose's body was he trying to say booty no no uh, John it's yeah can I can, I, inter- can yeah. I interject can I interject at that yeah. very point no um, John you're clearly from America not that that's a bad thing we like the Yanks um body is an English uh, euphemism for bottom which in in Americanese is fanny all right so I was, you spank a botty over here, like you spank somebody's arse, you spank their bottom. I don't know if you spank fannies, maybe it's maybe spanking's not an American thing, I don't know. Um, booty is something entirely different, which is a word that belongs to the ute, and I am not the ute. Chidge, don't you, don't you whip a, you whip a booty. Oh dear. I have no idea, I don't even know what a booty, as far as I'm concerned, booty is what Long John Silver would try and acquire. That's true, true. <laughs> Where I, I, I would interject here, but I think I'm going to be uh, yeah, falling on deaf ears, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> OK, anyway, it's an odd story how I came to support Chelsea, says John. Growing up in rural upstate New York, I didn't have any exposure to footy. Well said. 
for when I was in high school, I started playing soccer in a local youth league. At the same time, I was into all things Ukrainian. Ooh, is that a euphemism? And one day, while browsing around the internet, I came upon poor old Shevchenko. We all know how well that worked out, but my love affair with the Blues had begun. This was 0708, and I followed Chelsea's season under Avram Grant right to the bitter penalty shootout in Moscow. Ooh, what disappointment. But I was hooked and have followed their ups and downs ever since. Mostly ups, I have to say, judging from your reminiscences of the bad old days. Back in 2013, I got my one and so far only chance to see Chelsea play. It was at Yankee Stadium in New York City for one of those odd post-season friendly matches they played under Benitez. Ooh, can't say that word, sorry. Under Man City, under the fat waiter. Chelsea unfortunately lost 5-3, but I had the privilege of seeing my favourite Chelsea player, Juan Mata, score a beautiful free kick. I still haven't forgiven Jose for selling him to Man U. My car proudly wears a Chelsea licence plate over my wife's protests, and my young boys sing He Hates Tottenham and Eden Eden, along with Hit Him in the Head with a Baseball Bat. Blimey. I recently competed in a men's league and wore my Chelsea jersey for every game. I'm not at all ashamed of being a Roman-era fan. I love following the Chelsea and get no end of enjoyment digging out my Liverpool supporting co-worker. We're top of the league. We're top of the league. This season has been one of almost unbroken joy, I agree. Conte is the shoe-in for manager of the year, I would think. His managing of this Chelsea squad is so impressive. I agree with Liam's assessment on the show that the squad is not deep enough. And once we're back in Europe, we'll need more of the right calibre players to push on and challenge on all fronts. Especially the wing-backs will need adequate backup in a 50-game season. Speaking of new players, what do you think of Antoine Griezmann? I think he would fit so well into Chelsea's attack and he's such a top-class player. Keep up the great work. I listen every week on my long commute into New Jersey. Up the Chelsea, John Powers. Excellent. Excellent. Bit of New Jersey. I like a bit of New Jersey on the show. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? I love the. I love the fact. I love that. that, um, I love love that. that, that He's got. He hates Tottenham. Eden, Eden, and then a song straight out of the sixties. Hit him in the head with a baseball bat. Uh, I know. Where did he get that from? Well, that's an old school song. Well, that's a no. You don't remember that. That's a very old school. That's kind of. I think I can't remember it. I'm saying, where's he got it from to talk about it? Where on earth has he got it from? From this show. From this. From this show because. We used to do it all the time. Hit him on of the course. head. Hit him on the head. Hit him on the head with a baseball bat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Hit him on the head. Hit him on the head. Hit him on the head with a baseball bat. Oh yeah. yeah. I love that. It's a bit like that. Um, because there was a few other f- we were talking about last week. If you like a lot of aggro with your football, join yeah. our club. Like that was an old yeah. favourite of mine. And to, the Jeremy, Jeremy, you know, to, uh, if you go down to the bridge today, you're sure of a big surprise. If you don't go down to the bridge today. I can't remember the rest of it now, but the you know Jeremy the sugar puff uh, bear has cropped uh, is wearing boots yeah. and cropped his hair. Yeah. That one, fantastic. Anyway, we digress. Um, Joe, um, you this is a good question to ask you. I think off the back of that, um, I would say that there's no chance of getting Griezmann at Chelsea whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from everything that you read, it, it's if he's going to go anywhere, I think he'll be at Man United. Um, the links, I think, with his agent and obviously Mourinho. I think, is it Jorge Mendes is his agent? Obviously, he's Mourinho's agent. You know, there's obviously a lot of that sort of stuff that goes on. I'd be very surprised if United don't sign him. United. Yeah, I'd be, be very, very surprised if, yeah. if that's not the case. Exactly. Um, you know, I mean, he's a great player. Yeah. Would, you know, he could play in Pedro's position, Hazard's position. He could he could play where Costa plays at the moment. But 
I think he, uh, you know, he's he's going to be United bound almost certain. Mm. Um, Jonathan, very quickly, um, thank you very much for reading the one and solitary email today. I'm disappointed that we've only had one for which to showcase your immense talents, but there you go. Um, just a reminder, people, that we do like getting emails, and it's lovely to have Jonathan read them, and people do like this spot. So uh, make sure that you send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com. Uh, do it before a Monday, and uh, you'll get Jonathan to read them out. So in lieu of the number of emails that we normally have, um, we've done a bit of a Q&A now, and I have to say they have been coming in thick and fast. Uh, normally Jonathan would read them out, but as he can't find them because he doesn't know where they are, I'm afraid you'll have to put up with me doing it, and instead Jonathan can answer them. But I've got one. The first one I've got is from Daniel Cabral, who says, Hi, Chidge. I uh, had a question for tonight's show. Uh, as we saw last season with Jose, and now this past week with Ranieri getting sacked due to player power, could the likes of Brian Clough, Bobby Robson, and other managers of that generation survive today? Thank you, and thank everyone for the hard work you all put in each week. Uh Jonathan first, um, I think. Well, I don't think they ever got into a situation where they won a title one year and then um, uh, and then played dreadfully the following year. So I think all of those managers that you suggested, Robson and uh, Clough, kept on going because they were always achieving. Um, uh, you know, I mean, Clough won five League Cups, didn't he? And uh, um, two European titles. So I don't think he would ever have been sacked. He got sacked in the end because they started playing badly. Um, but uh, they got relegated. Yeah, that's why. Yes, right. That's why he got sacked. Well, it seems to be that's the that's that's the, the clue, isn't it? it I, I think they'd all everybody survived. Yeah, but he had been there. He'd been there for a long time. Mate. I mean, Clough was there for a long time and they only sacked him. Yeah, but they right, I mean, it was it, right it, at the end of his career. The, he was clearly ill through his well, alcoholism. He's, he's making an allusion towards... Uh, I think the difference is, is, that, is, is that he had been unbelievably successful. What we're talking about is, is Ranieri, for example, is he'd been... Um, all right, he took them to the title, but the whole thing was falling apart. And they then have to worry about them being relegated because of the enormous revenue stream of keeping them in the... Uh, in the Premier League, so so possibly uh, money is so much more important that probably they they would have gone sooner. But but all those those references, I mean, um, a Robson at Newcastle wasn't as great a success, but when he was at Ipswich, there was no way that he was ever going to be um, sacked because they were doing so wonderfully, and it actually gave him an opportunity to springboard his career. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I I think probably it's a very it's a good point in that. Um, uh, we're on. You're on. It, it's a very a different situation because of the huge amounts of money. So they probably wouldn't last. Wouldn't have lasted as long. So. All right, I've got another one. This is from the wonderful, lovely Andy Silverman, uh, top, top, top man. And Andy says, "Have any of you ever been starstruck when meeting someone famous associated with Chelsea?" Um, and also, there are two questions here. Best away goal scored at Stamford Bridge. We won't ask that one because it's about another team. We can't have that. But so, Tony, first one for you. Have you ever been, ever been starstruck by anybody uh, Chelsea-related that you've met? Um, yeah, everybody. <laughs> I go from being this quite extrovert uh, character, um, you know, uh, which I've always kind of been. I always blame that on the fact that I'm a bit of a... You know, I'm a bit of a short arse. I'm not exactly going to be auditioning for the Harlem Globetrotters anytime soon. <laughs> um, and um, 
yeah, so when I get there, as, as you know, like you saw me with Kerry Dixon the other way, I mean, I didn't know what to say to the bloke. You, you were there when I had my photograph taken with him at the stall. Um, and um, I'm not normally, fa- anybody else who's famous, and I've met a f- quite a few sort of celebs in the time and all that, don't give a monkey's about them. You met me, you're yeah, all right with me. You. <laughs> but I think any old celebs, I'm not really bothered by them, I'm not phased by that. But Chelsea footballers, uh, I am, uh, you know, and it's it, it, it. I think it's just because they they're on a different pedestal for me. So when I've met Alan Hudson, it was gobbledygook. I think I spoke, which he probably understood actually, because I think he'd been he'd just come out of the pub anyway. Um, but there was uh, who else was there that I sort of met once, and I just couldn't I couldn't bring myself to come up with anything completely sensible. Peter Osgood. That was in the days when he was an ambassador for the club and I met him in the restaurant. Um, we'd gone on a corporate do. And um, uh, there's there's some other stuff which I won't talk about on here, which was slightly disappointing and, and slightly, um, well, just wasn't what I was expecting. But what could I say to this bloke who I'd idolised from, you know, the age of nine or ten years old? You know, that he hasn't already heard. And that's why I always think I, I think I get in front of them and then I just clam up and I think, um, yeah, I turn it. It's like I'm chatting up the most beautiful woman in the world and I know I've got no chance ever of getting in there. So I, I, I'd be in front of Jennifer Anderson and I would be like, uh, and what do you do? I'd, like, do you remember that scene in Love Actually? I think it is, um, or Notting Hill, I think, where Hugh Bonneville meets Julia Roberts and says, "What do you do?" And she's, "I'm an actress." And he says. In fil- I'm in films. And what did you earn last time? And she goes, oh, $25 million. And he says, oh, oh, that's that's quite good, isn't it? That would be me. And that's me with pretty much everyone from Chelsea I've ever met. Joe, what about you, mate? Oh, God. Um, I think when I was about 16, um, I was up Chelsea, sort of, and I, I bumped into JT coming out of a Levi's store on Kings Road. And I, I remember just being completely, I mean, completely and utterly starstruck seeing him but you know he 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 spent about 10 minutes just having a chat with me you know about Chelsea and football and stuff like that. I, I remember him having this ridiculous sort of blue Aston Martin move JT26 on the number plate parked outside and yeah that that was really something pretty pretty special you know obviously his his stature at the club is doesn't really need sort of talking about but to meet him as a as a kid and to, for him to spend that sort of time with me and, and have photos done and talk about Chelsea and talk about football and you know, I was kind of semi-coherent in terms of trying to talk to him but yeah I mean that, that was pretty special um, although interestingly enough I remember actually at the time this must have been what 2006 something like that he was with uh, with Wayne Bridge because obviously before the whole situation unfolded Bridgie and Terry were very very good friends and I can almost remember exclusively not even noticing that Wayne Bridge was there and just could just completely talking to, to JT so I thought that was quite funny because obviously Bridgie still was a you know a very good player for us at the time, but I basically ignored him and and talked with Terry for like ten minutes solid. So yeah, that was that was pretty interesting for me. Of course, uh, Wayne Bridge is Winchester's second most famous. After you, me being the first, obviously. Did um, um, I, all I would say about about all I would say about meeting the players and things is that I, I always try and make them feel at ease when they meet me, so that they don't feel too tongue tied or shy. Can I just say what? Uh, quickly, two things. JT em- embraced Makaleli for about five minutes at the end of the game. And uh, and I took a photo of it and put it on Twitter and got lots of 
masses of uh, retweets, but it's a lovely, lovely moment. Mm, yeah, I saw that. He's, yeah. a, he's a really sweet, sweet man, JT. It's quite phenomenal how he still gets vilified by ignorance and idiocy. And secondly, I met Ian Britton, the man with the curly hair, the curly poodle-like hair, and was dumbstruck. It was pathetic. I couldn't say a word. And it was Ian Britton, you know. Anyway. I know what it's. I'm it's all well. I don't know. I'm it's all changed now. I now had a chat with Glenn Hoddle. Um, Did, didn't they ask for your autograph? Funnily enough, JK. this was some a very long time ago, Chidge. If you work out when this would have been with Ian Britton, so uh, I hadn't. It would have been yes, but it would have been on the era perhaps when you were on, oh, no, uh, on daytime television I was every on day. Pipkins. You're right. You're right. Yeah. No, it never occurred to me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I should have had a different yeah. approach, yeah. but it was footballer, yeah. curly hair, long curly yeah. hair. Chelsea midfielder, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. All right, next question. Uh, this is from the lovely Rootless Cosmo, who, of course, uh, we know as Alan Gavaran, who quite often emails in. Uh, and he says, uh, much as I love him, will Cahill be a first-team regular next season? And I'm going to ask Joe this one. Ooh, um, see, I, I think what Quante wants going forward, he would he would want a left-footed centre-back if we're going to play three at the back in that position. Um you know, I think some of the players we, we, we were linked to, we were linked to that. Uh, Alessio Romagnoli, the, the Italian centre-half who plays for AC Milan. Uh, I think it was quite a, quite a big bid putting for him in January, but nothing nothing eventually came of it. And he is a left-footed centre-half. Um, quite a few of the players that were linked to are left-footed. I think even Andreas Christensen might be left-footed. So, you know, there's there's potential, I think, for for that area to be looked at. Whether he, you know, whether he will actually start or whatever, I'm not too sure. But I think he's actually played pretty well this season. You know, he does get a lot of stick from a lot of quarters, but I think he's been he's been very solid, um, probably since the the Arsenal and sort of that and the uh, the Swansea game where he got fouled and uh, you know the guy ran through and, and scored. But I think he's he's been played he's played pretty well. But I can just see the way Conte is sort of trying to build the team that having maybe a left footed centre half who's a bit more comfortable on the ball. It's no no slight to Cahill as a defender, but you know I think there are times in games where you can kind of see there's sort of 20 yards of space ahead of him, and someone maybe more confident on the ball would, would bring it out and, and and give us kind of a bit of a different flavour on the ball. But yeah, you know it's, it, it would depend on if we buy someone, Chidge, and if we buy buy someone, it's going to be have to you know it's going to have to be a top class player. It's not just going to be some kid that's going to come in and take his place. It's going to have to be someone who is uh, you know a very very good centre half because. I think you know largely this season. I would say Kale has been a been a very very good player for us. So yeah, it's a difficult one. Nice one. I've just got this brilliant uh, response from the wonderful Bonnie Rig Blues, who has been the absolute rock of Mixler tonight. I think, even though he, even though he coated me off earlier, but he's somebody that I would forgive, particularly when he says something like this. He says it happens when I go to the CFC UK stall uh, to buy a copy of CFC UK and walk away. <laughs> knowing all the people there from Twitter, to me they seem to be the hierarchy of Chelsea knowledge of everything about the team. Wouldn't want to be embarrassed getting the history wrong, so better to jog on. Absolute poppycock Bonnie Rig Blues. The next time you turn up at the stall and I'm there, you and I are going to go down to the pub and we're going to have a drink yes. or three. I would insist on that. Because, Count me uh, I would love yeah. to meet you because you've been in here. Count yeah, me There you go, all of us. We'll all buy you a drink. How about that? Right, next question to Tony. Uh... From the, there we go. What a segue. It's from Bonnie Rig Blues. Um, right. Ake would have been better off staying at Bournemouth, question mark. Wasn't on the bench Saturday and Conte will field his best 11 in the latter stages of the FA Cup. So I think his question really is, why on earth did we bring um, 
uh, Ake back if we weren't going to play him. Although I would say, and I think I think Mark Barfoot said this on Mixler earlier, great management by Conte because it's clearly given Alonso the kick up the arse that he perhaps needed at the time. But nevertheless, uh, far away Tony. Because he's an option. And I think, you know, whether we've got the, the kind of um, depth of squad that we really need um, going forward, I don't know. I, I personally think I'd rather have him back at the club and he's there to give him a chance when needed than if he's at Bournemouth when we have no option and we can't play him. Um, and I think he would have picked up a lot from Bournemouth. Um, and, and also, for, for a boost to the lad's confidence, for apart from anything else, you know, Antonio Conte has said, I want you back. That's got to be a massive, um, you know, uh, incentive to puff your chest out and say, oh, blimey, you know, someone actually does think I can do this. And I, I see, I'm encouraged by it. And I think, um, is he wasted by it? Well, he's, he's had two thirds of a season with Bournemouth. Um, is he going to miss out on much? Possibly. But I think it's part of a greater plan. So I think it's a good move. And I, I I would like to see one or two of the others coming back on the same basis. I mean, I'm assuming that we'll get, um, I can never remember his name, so I'll just call him Hans Christian Andersen, but the, the, the defender that's out. At, um... <laughs> Andreas Christensen. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> well, I was saying, yeah, that's him. Um, I think he might, have just, he might have just got a new nickname there then. Um, but uh, <laughs> when he's finished writing about Hansen and Gretel, he can come back and, and, and rejoin us. So, I, I, you know, I think my personal view is is that if you've got him here he's an option and we've been let's let's remember this we've been massively lucky with injuries we must have the least crippling injury list out of everybody in the premiership at the moment we've not really lost a player for any great amount of time this season which is in contrast to to other seasons where we've lost key players and had to cover them or, or whatever um so I think I'm 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 happy that we brought him back. I I think he's he what he loses in week to week he'll gain just in the confidence of being back with the team at the top of the league, training etc. Mm. Okay, good answer, Tony. Right, I've got two more questions. One's for Joe and one is for Jonathan. So uh, and then that'll be pretty much it. So uh, to Joe from Meander Nawati, or we know her as Jacaranda Chick, who's probably in here somewhere tonight. If she is, hello. Lovely to see you as always. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new commercial director? Because, of course, Christian Perslow's disappeared and we've now got this new guy whose name escapes me, but apparently he was responsible for introducing Broadband. the Oyster card with for TFL. But, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that, this yeah. guy was in charge of bringing like, super-fast broadband to the UK. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I, I had it. Yeah, it's it's a really kind of weird kind of career transition. I mean, I actually think that worries yeah, me already. It, I, I kind of I had a quick chat with with Jake Cohen about it. Um, yeah, he seems to think that this guy's massively overqualified for the position. Like some of the stuff that he's done to sort of go from that to maybe sort of running a, a football club from a commercial perspective is maybe a, a step down. Just you know, sort of some of the headline companies he's worked for. So I think from a business perspective, this guy is obviously going to be pretty decent, but. Um, I think he's. I think he's a Man United fan, which you know, obviously, is is something that um, some people will, will look at and not not be particularly overjoyed with. But I mean, to be perfectly honest, at the end of the day, you know, as long as he is he's doing the, the best, you know, that he can do. I think a lot of what's going to happen with the new stadium coming up, whether it's going to be you know, kind of stadium rights or new sponsorship or just sort of new opportunities that are going to come with with that stadium. And obviously, again, if we are you know coming back to being a successful club who wins leagues and and start doing better in Europe, then 
those sort of commercial opportunities. So we're going to need someone who's pretty, pretty tidy at sort of negotiating, negotiating that sort of stuff to get as much money in. So, you know, we can either spend it or, or, or do whatever we need to do with the money. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's, he's obviously very, very qualified, very, you know, apparently he is very good at what he does. It's just going to be a, a kind of proof he's in the pudding situation, really how well he transitions from kind of big business and big companies to, to sort of more of a, a sort of an esoteric kind of football club situation. Peter Kenyon was a Manchester United fan, and he did quite good a good job. Yep, yep, yeah. and uh, it doesn't matter, does it? They're, they're there to make us a ton of money and and do big sponsorship deals and commercial deals and get the stadium sponsor and what have you. So you know, I mean, just a, just a very quick quick kind of follow up on that point. Um, and I, I think I'm I'm gonna you know uh, this shocked me actually. Um, I, I haven't seen it, so I, I haven't validated it, but. I would imagine it came from the Deloitte reports, but uh, you know, for the last ten years or so, um, the split of revenue for the club has been roughly a third for match day income, a third third for television uh, revenue, and a third for commercial, so selling shirts and all that kind of schmozzle. Uh, from what I understand, uh, match day income has now gone down to something like twenty percent, and apparently, corporate the corporate income out of that is roughly ten percent. Which means match day income, uh, i.e., the money they get from the likes of me, Joe, Tony, and, jo- uh, and Jonathan turning up, is now only ten percent of, of of their total revenue, i.e., very worryingly insignificant. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That one's going to be but, but, investigated later. Now, look very quickly, Jonathan. Like I said, they on, are Jonathan. very very aware of it. I'm I'm as I keep saying, I'm the fans forum representative for. Uh, for Aussies, for the Aussies hospitality area. And every time I have a meeting, I have one on Saturday, their attempts to um, in- increase the revenue stream um, uh, by um, involving the, re- the supporters uh, are, are huge. They are very, very aware. And uh, I think in the past, they, you could accuse them of not being aware. And I think they are now. They are now. And uh, the chat brought up the prospect of why were they weren't more on the lines of the NFL, an American guy at this meeting. And they, they came back immediately with, well, obviously, it's it's not the same experience at all because it doesn't have enormous, you know, 10 minute periods where you can go out and buy a hot dog in it. It's, you know, it's <laughs> 90, 90 minutes and is not the same passion. But they are very tuned into this. So to me, it's no surprise that they've got um, uh, a really top notch commercial guy involved um, and particularly with the new stadium coming up. They're uh, they're very, very on the ball. I've been unbelievably impressed by my experience and it's actually made me look at the future as being a very very rosy one for the club it's been uh, very worth it I was, put, I was put up as a joke by one of the tables in, uh, in Aussie and uh, nobody else applied to it. I was voted in and it really does uh, it, it's been an eye-opener anyway um, ask me the next question Chidge, and I'll get on with it well, we kind of run out of time, for It was a bit of a jokey one anyway, and I've asked it of you before, okay. so never mind. Um, right, I'm afraid that is all we've got. Well, no, it was, it was, it was the Joe Root asking you to play for England. I did, I did that last yeah, week. Yeah, I, I replied to it um, on Twitter. Uh, anyway, replied, talk... So. Yeah, um, Bonnie Rig Blues, by the way, who, who asked that of you. Um, I just want to say, you, you claim you've met me at the stand. Well, you should have announced yourself as, I'm Bonnie Rig Blues. Now you're going to tell me you have, and I've forgotten. But do, do come and... Seek us out at the stall. It'd be lovely to have a drink uh, with you, mate. It really would. Uh, now, that is all we've got time for this week. I was going to say, what? Uh, what? That who, was just me shouted? basically saying, as I said to Joe in, in one of the breaks, 
I know everybody I know through Twitter, and we are in this weird position of introducing yeah. to each other by our Twitter handle, and then saying my real name's Tony or whatever, you know. So um, that's the world we live in. Indeed. Right, we, we've got to go. Uh, make sure you download the next Kerry Dixon preview show on Thursday when Kerry and I will be looking back at the Swansea game and previewing the West Ham match coming up on Monday. Uh, it is, is it Monday? It is Monday, isn't it? And of course, thanks to the broadcasters. Oh, of course, this is why. Thanks to the broadcasters and the Premier League stitching us up. Uh, it means that as Chelsea are playing on Monday, the fancast will have to be broadcast on Tuesday instead. So uh, I'll be back next Tuesday night together with Jonathan, Seb O'Mahony and the return of the girl who likes balls, Alex Churchill. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stamford Chidge, Jonathan Kidd at Jonathan Kidd, uh, Tony at Grocer Jack UK and the lovely Joe Tweeds at Joe Tweedy. And of course, check out the website ChelseaFanCast.com. Many thanks to the Chelsea Fancast bloggers. There were some crackers last week. Uh, Clayton, another scorcher, but Martin Wickham absolutely nailed it. Brilliant blog by him. And even I put one up, so there we go. It's catching. Uh, right, many thanks to my lovely guests this week who have been, of course, uh, the fantastic erudite Joe Tweeds. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Yeah, round of applause. I'll tell you another thing, actually, before, before we go. Please check out Joe's monster, 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 monster blog on the Ute and his visit to uh, Vitesse of uh, Arnhem. It's a good one, Joe. Well Cheers, done. Cheers, uh, right, we've also had with us. Uh, or, or, I come as always like feel like saying you have been watching Tony Glover. <laughs> well, I'd be your um, I'd be your private Godfrey then. I think in that case, um, no, no, you, you'd be Walker. Really? Mate. You'd I've be got, Walker. I've got Any through day of the week. You'd I've be got Walker. through the entire yeah. show without a single swear word tonight, and I challenge anybody to play I, back. I think Joe would be Pike. Yeah. <laughs> Joe would definitely be Pike. Be, uh, yeah. You would be you would be Walker, Jonathan. Jonathan would be uh, Godfrey, and I am definitely, definitely Captain Mallory. Captain Mallory, yes. You have that kind of aura about you. Yes. Can I not be Clive Dunn? I do. Can I not? Uh, they don't like or, it up and, they don't like it or up maybe and Fraser. They don't like it up and Captain Chicky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. It's been a, they don't it's, indeed. It's, it's uh, been a pleasure, right. mate, uh, as ever. So, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. As always, as always. Lovely stuff. And Jonathan, of course, thank you very much uh, as all. As, well, I sort just say, JK, we are all doomed. I'm not quite sure if that means we're all doomed because of you or, or that was a question to you. Yes. But uh, Thank you. A joy. Yes. Always. Good to see you, JK. Have a good thank net. Thank you very much. And, uh, I'll, I'll get half All right. And uh, now, lovely, to, lovely to meet, even by virtual reality, the, uh, the excellent Joe Tweeds. Well done, mate. Indeed. Yeah, cheers, chance. <laughs> all right. Well, look, uh, most of all... Most of all, thanks to the lovely people in Mixler for putting up with us for two bloody hours uh, in this mad chaos. Right, thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chill. Up the chills! Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.